Stories to Dismember is a podcast where hosts Aaron, Lindsay, and Miguel recap their horror film pick of the week based on a monthly theme. Sometimes they go on tangents, often they'll crack jokes, but they always return to dismember the film, scene by scene, until leaving you with their final reviews. Subscribe to catch your STDs. All right, welcome back to um, Stories to Dismember. This week we have a very special episode, and we have a very special guest for this episode. We have Sarah Siderland. She is a featured writer in the realms of uh, parapsychology, supernatural phenomenon. She's also written a few books, Haunted by the Abyss, Quantum Parapsychology, How Science is Proving the Paranormal, and I guess your latest one is Haunted by the Abyss, uh, Continue Adventures Down the Wormhole. She has also been featured on Coast to Coast AM, awesome, uh, Darkness Radio, which is the first place I heard you, Strange Escapes, and Taps Para Magazine, and she has also been on A&E's American Hauntings. And she has a whole list of degrees, and she's a very smart woman. I guess the main one is your master's in forensic psychology and bachelor's in criminal justice, sociology, and bachelor's in psychology. It's an addiction to school, Aaron. It's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) And you're also in, um, you have a degree in law enforcement. Yeah. Yeah. So she is more than qualified for anyone researching psychology, criminal justice, paranormal cases, parapsychological phenomena, and we are very lucky to have her here to discuss and review a horror movie. (laughs) Thanks for joining (laughs) us, Sarah. I'm very very excited to have you. Absolutely, guys. I'm really honored to be here. I'm excited because, I mean, one, it's a podcast with other weird people, so that's (laughs) number one. Mm. But then two, I think the idea of stories to dismember. I love storytelling. I love dismembering and I love horror <laughs> movies. So I was like, this is where I need to be. All so right. I'm really excited. I think it's going to be fun. We Perfect. So Sarah did pick the 1989 film. 1988 because it was the year get, before I was born. I always get the dates wrong. 88 was a good year. Mm-hmm. And that was the year The Serpent and the Rainbow came out, which I was lucky enough to see in the theaters. What? It, it scared wow. the shit out of me. Yeah. <laughs> did someone smuggle you in as a minor or did you like go pay to see that? No, I was 17. Yeah. <gasps> wow. Okay. That's crazy. I'm an old man. <laughs> no, not old, but like crazy awesome to be like that. That was the horror movie, like a Wes Craven movie in the theater. Um, yeah, when we do a lot of the uh, 80s movies, you know, that was my first experience is watching them in the theater, which you know brings back a lot of good memories. Yeah. My parents, even though they didn't seem to be very present, <laughs> they were apparently present in those specific cases of like, no. I'm not spending my money for you to go see that. And instead it was like, you know, when my sister was babysitting me that she'd be like, get in your room. And I'd sneak down the hallway and still be watching, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. But this was 
this was one of those movies when I thought, I mean, there were three movies that came to mind and it was either the, the gate because I'm a huge Steven Dorff's fan. And I remember that horror movie, like scaring the crap out of me as a kid and no one else ever having seen it. And me thinking I had actually made it up in my mind. <laughs> like, I was like, maybe I'll, and so like to share that with other people, I thought that'd be fun or flatliners. You know, I watch flatliners a lot Ooh, as yeah. kind of like just one of those horror movies. That's a go-to horror movie. And I enjoy it. But Serpent in the Rainbow, I would have to say, is probably the most influential for me. And still something that, despite working in forensic psych Monday through Friday, nine to five, it still scares me a little bit. Mm. So yeah. I always think that's a little bit of a important gesture because a lot of times movies don't scare me and I'll find myself being like, dang, that could have been better. But Serpent in the Rainbow, as bad as the audio is in that movie it still scares me. I like the fact that it's pretty much based on something that happened, right? Yeah. It yeah. was um, inspired actual, by true events. Yeah, it was it was actual a Harvard botanist who went down and pretty much did the same thing Bill Pullman did. Bill Pullman. We we're we're bad about naming <laughs> actors and not characters names. <laughs> His name is Dennis. <laughs> Dennis. Dennis. Well, Bill Pullman, I'm convinced, is a bald one. I think that they're like one of the clones in a conspiracy theory of Hollywood. <laughs> so I always am like, it's one of the Baldwin brothers. And my husband's like, it's Bill, it's Pullman. And I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's a bald one, though. I'm convinced. I can see that. Yeah, they are. The same face. It's, it's a vampire thing. Yeah. When the credits roll and it says that, right, that always gets you excited. Like, mm. dang, this happened. And my husband's like, it's inspired. It doesn't say based on true events. It says inspired. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, this was the 80s. This was a different time. Alluding was more credible. So this is real. And, uh, but it is. It is real. So that's scary. Yeah, it is. Especially since I'm going to Haiti in, in about six months. What? Are you kidding? Yeah. <laughs> What? what the heck? Yeah. Why it's are you going vacation. there? Uh, it's actually a cruise. It's just one of the destinations on a cruise. Very cool. Yeah. What? I am so envious. I have always, that would be, I mean, that's not like, no offense to your cruise line, but that's not usually like a go-to vacation spot. Mm. Right. You know? But I'd want to go there. Especially, even after seeing this movie, Aaron? <laughs> <laughs> Well, I keep telling my kids they have zombies there. They just laugh at me. I'm like, okay. You should have pulled them into this movie. That's what I told yeah. him. This is the reason my husband doesn't want to go to those places. He's like, yep, yeah, I'm not going to be that person. I'm not going to be the, the Pullman <laughs> of the show. Because <laughs> that would be me digging around in the cemetery like, you know, there's zombies here, right? And I'd be arrested <laughs> by the secret police. You should bring back soil. You should bring back goofer dust, Aaron. I don't know. That's kind of scary. Now your I, vacation I, is a mission. Right. Yeah. Give you purpose. I have a, I have a little story um, pertaining to the, the voodoo aspect of this. Um, took the family to New Orleans, of course, and we were visiting a, a voodoo museum. And my youngest son kept playing around, being goofy, silly. He was like 16 at the time, you know, how they can be. And I told him, I was like, you better act right, you know, because you mess around here, you're going to make something mad. He's like, yeah, whatever. So we we leave the museum and get back to our hotel room. And our hotel rooms are, are connected. So there's a door between the two rooms. And so he would run back between the two rooms just doing whatever. And 
after we got back to from the museum, he was running from our room to his brother's room, and all of a sudden the door just pretty much closed on him, and he ran right into it and hurt his knee. And we are like, we were all like, "Told you." <laughs> so now he's like, he doesn't mess with any of that stuff now. He's sweet. <laughs> yeah, see, that's what you get. That's mm-hmm. what you get. That's what you get. They used to, I mean, that's, and, and I had kind of said that a little bit before we started about being littles. I'm very superstitious. And so even watching the movie, mm. you know, talking about it, it's, it's like in the paranormal people oftentimes will not want to speak on demons and they'll, mm-hmm. you know, and yeah. so with this movie being about Catholic zombies and resurrections and, and also I would say like revolutionary things, it's like. don't say that don't say that so it's like that (laughs) knock on wood kind of moment Mm. and um yeah that's what you get that's what you get well i'm curious to know i can't remember the exact phrasing you used but you said that this was a movie that really inspired you is do you mean that it inspired you to go into the fields that you've studied or could you speak more to that yeah so you know, I think a lot of a lot of life experiences obviously influence you into into the paths you take. Mm. But this movie, kind of like you, Aaron, determining and and travel spaces like maybe where I'm going to go and what I might do. My my sister, my older sister, moved to Louisiana after college, and so for me that was like I was a high school sophomore, junior, and senior, and in the summertime, I had the option to either work. Or go stay with my sister. So I'm sure you can imagine how that worked out. And it was 30 minutes away from New Orleans. It was in a a more southern town in the kind of the bayou uh, called Galliano. But we would drive up on the weekends and go party in New Orleans. And, you know, I had a reputation with my mother. She was kind of the town addict, tramp, rock star, singer, crazy woman, but also witch. And my sister kind of had a reputation as well, but she had moved away. And so I tried not to carry that reputation, but middle school was, was rude to me. And the movie, the craft came out. And of course her name would be Sarah Mm. and like all sorts of things, I think always kind of followed me as far as reputations of, of being kind of paranormal ish. And we went to a lot of the voodoo shops And I remember at that age as a teenager, I had been raised between a split parent household. My parents got divorced and my mother was a Sinti gypsy, very spiritual woman. And my dad was a Southern Baptist. And so like (laughs) very, very different. Mm. And when I was a teenager. How did that happen? (laughs) Right. Uh, It just, I don't, I can't even imagine, um, which is why they got divorced. And she often, like, I was not baptized. My sister was baptized. I was not. And so it was kind of, we were kind of fought over in that way. I wasn't sure what to believe as a teenager. I knew that the Christian religion was very faith-based and that I was even scared to question Mm-hmm. anything but my sister was like well i'm wiccan and i'm this and i'm that and my mom was like well be whatever you want but just remember you know the sun and the moon and the stars and the earth and all of these things and voodoo to see people like resurrected 
see people mm. with their eyes rolling back in their head. Possession, which the church had always warned me about. You know, mm-hmm. if you have sex before marriage, you're going to be possessed. <laughs> and I had never really seen it. I'd never really seen people moved to like killing chickens and shaking sacrifices. And the voodoo religion does that still. And they're very Mm. active. And I remember watching this movie as a girl kind of between the fingers of my parents trying to block the scary parts (laughs) of the movie. (laughs) And it wasn't until I was 17 years old that I saw it in the streets of New Orleans for myself and some of what I thought may have happened in the movie wasn't nearly as scary and visceral as what was happening in real life. And it made me terribly interested Mm. in exorcism and the darker parts of religion. And so, you know, a year later I would go on to work in a mental health hospital in Kansas city. And I had the option to work on the children's unit you know, for overtime, or you could work in the ER where people are coming in high on drugs, or you could always pick the forensic unit, but that's, you know, the people that kill people and nobody really wants to work on that unit. And I did. I was like, oh, give me that unit. And I would say that it's because of movies like this that were inspired by true events. And just enough of it was true that I saw in real life happening in that religious realm of voodoo practitioners that I thought, what else could be true? Mm, mm-hmm. It sparks and curiosity. Very much so. Very much so. And I can now say like 20 years later working in forensics that it is all true. <laughs> I would say <laughs> all of that movie's true. <laughs> so yeah, very inspiring and still just as scary. So mm. gosh, yeah, it must be even scarier with all of the knowledge you've accumulated since then. Like, as opposed to somebody who is watching this film and just consuming it as what they consider a piece of fiction. Right. Well, you know, it's kind of funny to do this podcast. I thought, gosh, how long has it been since I watched that movie to do kind of like a breakdown of the things? And um, I was like, dang, it's probably been 15, 16 years. It's probably been since I was in college where I was drinking with friends and let's go watch that movie, you know, Midnight Express and The (laughs) Serpent and the Rainbow and like all those movies and they kind of mesh into one. But I was like, I've never really looked at it, you know, as a sober adult. My (laughs) husband had never seen it. He's not a horror movie fan. I had never seen it before. This was new for me. It wasn't? Okay, good. It was new for for my husband. And he, throughout every scene, was like, man, that's kind of a stretch. Like, what's (laughs) that guy? Like, even in the very beginning, you know, it's, it's opening in... And I wasn't cognizant at that age of what was going on with the politics, but people Mm. are walking around with guns and machetes and still dressed very much in like de las mortes kind of costumes and death faces and wearing, wearing costumes of spirit as they're transporting coffins from the church to the Mm. other place. Because you're buried with, you know goods and jewelry, maybe keepsakes, and people would rob the grave so frequently that you did walk with a machete. And my husband's like, nah, mm. I, don't, I don't know if they did that. And I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure they did. Like, and I'm pretty sure many countries, it, like people are still doing that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Those little things where he's like, I don't know, it might just be like exaggerated for the movie. And it's like, I think what's scary is that it's not exaggerated for the movie. But if you don't know, you don't know. And you mm. don't know, you know, <laughs> which is kind of scary. 
there's a lot of that in this movie. The bells on the graves, which you see a lot in the South, you know, like this, the, I think of the Georgia yes. cemeteries. Oh, yeah. yeah. We don't have those up here in Minnesota because the ground's frozen so often that the bodies are stored in basements until time to bury in mass. So it's a little different wow. than in the South oh. where you're buried with a possible bell because you're buried so quickly that you might still be alive. Mm. <laughs> so you don't see a lot of bells up here, but down in uh, Haiti, you see the bells. And I thought, oh man. And my husband's like, they don't really do that. And I was like, they do. And my husband doesn't sound that way, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's scary to me. The idea of being even buried alive and having to ring with a bell. That's yes. scary. Oh, it's yeah. very scary. It used to terrify me. Yeah. And I don't know about the laws in Haiti, but I mean, I work with law enforcement. I know that Americans would want to argue with me, but we don't get to nail your scrotum to the table in an interrogation. <laughs> and that is scary. And that's probably also happening. Like some of that privilege, I think in the movie, there are scenes where, you know, he's like, well, I'm just here for fun. I'm just a tourist. And the police officer's like, the hell you are. <laughs> and, you know, and you have those moments of like, that would be really scary. That would be scary to me to think that the police could just come and snatch you if you were there doing any kind of research that was questionable, mm. you know, because oftentimes I feel like in my field, you're, you're talking about, well, like in the last few years, it's been sex offense. So like if I'm talking about sex offense with someone, it's kind of taboo. It's kind of like, yeah. especially pedophilia or something. It's very shh, hush, hush. Mm. And so people don't want to talk honestly and openly and then you're navigating through lies and shame. And there's a lot of, I think, some of that in this movie of like, what is the law enforcement really doing in other countries? And holy cow, is that real? Yeah. That's right. scary. You know? Absolutely. So this might be a good time to segue into our usual format. I don't know if you had a moment to listen to any of our episodes, but what we usually do is Miguel can start us off with a breakdown of the movie, aka Dismember It. And just if any of us has any additional info that they want to chip in, then we are free to do so. And I'm especially interested to get anything from you, Sarah, like if you think that there's any additional context to be provided that would be amazing Ooh. yes okay feel free feel free <laughs> to jump in this is your show yes all right so movie starts with a quote i was gonna say it but if anybody else wants to read it that's fine i would love if sarah did because i'm obsessed yeah. with her yeah. voice me too well i didn't i only wrote down the part of it that i really really find interesting which is okay as it opens it talks about very lightly death. But then I think for anybody in horror that remembers or has deja vu over that death is only the beginning. Mm. Ooh. And I love that because that's what I wrote down in my little notebook. I was like, oh, there it is. Like in The Mummy and like so many other horror movies where death mm. is only the beginning. It's a nice message. Mm-hmm. I was going to read the whole thing, but read no, the whole that's thing. fine. That's fine. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. In the legends of voodoo, the serpent is a symbol of earth, the rainbow is a symbol of heaven. Between the two, all creatures must live and die. But because he has a soul, man can be trapped in a terrible place where death is only the beginning. beginning. The following is inspired by a true story. All right, and then we get a bunch of red screen credits, 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 credits. And then we get a little fun font, the serpent and the rainbow, way more fun than I thought. 
Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know. I like like graffiti font. Very living in color. <laughs> yeah, true. I was like, oh, that's fun. Haiti, 1978. You see people preparing coffins or caskets. I, I don't remember the difference between the two. But and everybody's watching. Boat ride, fire, and we see a body being checked on. Also directed by Wes Craven. I didn't realize. This is also the first time I watched this movie. But And he's in it. He does a bunch of like Stan Lee stand-in moments. Oh. Uh, yeah. We were like, thanks. That's Wes Craven. Yeah. I wish mm. I had noticed that. We can watch it again. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Nothing's stopping us. All right. So the body's being checked on. It looks dead. They put a pen through the eye. <gasps> now see, yeah. right there. Right there is where I was like, all right, right down, right there. Scenes that make you want to like that, you know, like just those, uh, those, okay, you're going to write a movie, Wes Craven. You're going to have a series of things that make the skin crawl, literally. Mm. And one of them is needles in the eye. Yes. I didn't even catch that. I think I was busy writing notes at that moment. This happens real quick. And the eye doesn't flinch at all. Ooh. It's really good. It does a little, a little squish sound. Squish sound. How did I not hear the squish? Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah, that's a... yeah, eyeballs, man. Yeah. yeah, it's the eyes and the teeth for me. Ugh, I can't do anything. Yes, with and teeth. fingernails. Yeah, fingernails. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the top three. They're all in this movie. Uh, yeah. <laughs> all right, so it's pronounced dead, the body. Looks dead. They prepare the funeral, bury it, and we see inside the casket the body is with a tear running <gasps> down its eye. A single oh tear drops. God. He's not dead. Ooh. That sucks. I have chills that- right now. Well, just that's thinking like about when it. you, man, the top ten fears: clowns, lightning, yes. buried alive. Yes, buried alive is like number eleven. I don't know why it's not on top ten because that's scary. I mean, are you going to be burned or buried? That's what people usually ask. And being buried alive? No, Mm. thank you. Yeah. Talking in front of people. Yep. He's talking in front of people. (laughs) That's number one. (laughs) That's terrifying. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. You're a podcast co host. Yeah. Yeah. For real. Yeah. So crying, not dead, dead body. That's crazy. Then we get. I'm bad with math. Amazon, 1985. I don't know how many years later that is. It's a few years later. A few years. <laughs> seven? Oh, is it seven? I don't, I don't remember the first. I just remember it was in Haiti. This uh, We got a, a dude flying in, helicopter doctor. What was his name? Oh, Dennis Allen. Allen. Yeah. Dennis Allen. Sorry. It's pretty mean of me. I just put white dude. I remember him, Bill Pullman. I just remember the actor, Bill Pullman. Alec Baldwin. Yeah. <laughs> Sarah has a theory. It is all Alec Baldwin. I just I remember him from Spaceballs. Sorry. That's where yes. his face... Oh, yes. I just saw his face. I'm like, oh, dude from Spaceballs. That, it's very different. Mm-hmm. It's very different mindsets. From very different movies. And his title is interesting. He's a necrobotanical uh Wait, what would you call it? Thank you. (laughs) I didn't catch the necrobiological. I caught the anthropologist, but sure. Dead plant person. Yeah. Yeah, there we go. I like it. Never heard of that. It's not a real thing. (laughs) That was was the most inspired by true events part of this movie. There's no such job. But yes. 
and he's here on an expedition. Yeah, and <laughs> where do these people get their money? By the way, it's from medicine, health. I don't know. <laughs> Pharmaceutical companies. Yeah. Pharmaceutical. Oh man. Which I wrote the company down in that next scene that opens with the pharmaceutical <laughs> company because I was like, write it down. It's probably real and I need to buy its stock. Oh, yeah. What is its name? Biocorp. Biocorp. such a yeah. Resident Evil like Right? It's like got an umbrella <laughs> <Yeah>. logo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Biocorp. Um, so, yeah, Dennis is here. Amazon looking for a potion from a shaman, which is cool. So he gets it, and then the shaman wants him to drink some of it first mm-hmm. and to see his future or, or warnings or something. He's going to see something. He's going to see something, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. And then like, the translator is like, you're just going to see stars and shit, bro. It's going to be crazy. And he's <laughs> like, oh, well, I'm going to drink it, though. So he drinks it. Yeah. And immediately, he feels it immediately. He gets high immediately. He wakes up. Oh, yeah, up. he conks out. Yeah, immediately. Which is crazy. I think this is a fear number 13, by the way, because <laughs> I'm not taking anything that that weird shaman's handing over and, you know, I, bottoms up. I was going to ask you scared. guys, would any of you guys drink a mysterious shaman drink like this? No. No. I'd be very scared, but I'd also be very, like, I don't want to disrespect it. Yeah, I don't want to disrespect the dude. You wait. So you'd be peer pressured into drinking it? Uh, probably. So. Oh, man, I'd be so scared. I'd probably like you do that like trick where you shoot it behind your ear and pretend <laughs> yeah, yeah, to take yeah. it and then fall over. I don't even know. <laughs> I'm so scared. Well, maybe when Aaron goes to Haiti, he can oh, test man. it out for us. Yeah, get us a potion. Love potion number ten, not the nine one. We already heard about that one. Number ten. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I might have to do that. Yeah. So then he flops into a series of things. Now, something happens in this next time. I'm see Miguel. If anybody else mm-hmm. was triggered like I was in the scene, in the upcoming scene. Oh. Well, uh, I mean, he passes out. He wakes up in the middle of the a jungle, jungle clearing. Clearing, yeah. Very cool spot. He wakes up and then he hears noises growling and he's like, oh shit. And he sees a jaguar or a leopard. Which one was it? A jaguar. Oh, as a jaguar? Yeah, because oh, they refer to it as a jaguar later. But okay. I was initially confused at first. I'm always like, oh, man, I'm not really good with animals. <laughs> okay, so it's a jaguar, and uh, he wakes up, and he he runs away from it for a bit, and he gets chased by it until he, he gets attacked by it. But no, he doesn't really get attacked. He's playing around with it on the floor, which I'm like, <laughs> oh, man, that must have been crazy. Which is really cute. <laughs> yeah. I'd also be very nervous if I was the actor. I'd be like, oh, man, you got to play with this. That's true. That probably was absolutely real. Yeah. Looks mm-hmm. it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That literally did not occur to me until now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so you play around with it. Especially in the 80s. It's like, yeah, it'll be fine. You can play with him. You'll be fine. Is our CGI up to par? No, sir. It is not. No. Okay. No. Well, then. Alec Baldwin, get in your third clone. He's not a jack wire. Oh, You see it. Yep. Oh, my gosh. So he's playing around with it a bit. And then we see the shaman looking over him, like smiling. And we see Dennis playing with nothing. It's his hallucination. All right. And then a strong wind comes, and the shaman covers himself up. And then Dennis sees him, and he's like, oh, there he is. And he goes over to him, 
Peekaboo. Slowly, <laughs> playing peekaboo, and he <laughs> <No>. uncovers. <laughs> He uncovers the shaman hiding himself, and it's a strange, not the shaman, snarling stranger we haven't met yet. So hands come under him from the ground and pull him down under the ground. Oh, and we see dead bodies in the ground and very scary. And right here, I felt like this is where I paused it, and I was I looked over at my husband. I was like, "Does this remind you of any particular movie?" And he's like, what do you mean? And I was like, don't you feel like a young Wes Craven was like making this movie? And then Jim Henson, who was later doing The Labyrinth a few years later, would be like, which way? She chose down. She chose down. And then you would fall down this hole that looks exactly like the hole they use in The Labyrinth (laughs) with all the little hands that would make faces, but they don't have faces in this movie. You just unlocked a memory for Mm. me. I forgot about that scene. Right? It (laughs) freaked me out because I was like. I think this movie inspired other movie makers because what is that about the falling down a hole of dirt and bodies being stacked on each other and like grabbing for you? Mm. It's very, very scary. It's very mm-hmm. scary. It's I, don't like I don't like it. I don't like it. Okay. <laughs> I got to say, we're going to go through a lot of dreams in this movie and Dennis is like, I don't know how I'd be in a situation. I'd be very freaked out. <laughs> After mm. the first one, I'd be like, all right, I'm out of here. I'm not doing anything. Right. But he just keeps going, even though he sees them all the time. <laughs> I'd be like, that's crazy, dude. <laughs> but so, yeah, he falls down into a nothing hole in the darkness. He wakes up. But was it real or fake? Because he wakes up with something in his hand, like a little tree wood thing. I don't know. <laughs> If it was like a dead body hand, uh, that'd be crazy, but it's it's wood. So he wakes up and nobody's around, so he's looking around, looking around, walking. Christopher walking, he's walking. Mm-hmm. He gets to the helicopter again, and he's talking to the pilot, but the pilot's dead. He's in his mouth now, which is <laughs> also crazy. There's bugs on his face, Miguel. There's bugs on his face. Yeah, maggots. That's what does it's it for also, me. Also crazy, he just thought that the pilots was chilling. Yeah, it's the worst the kind of insect. <laughs> Waiting That's around That's what's horrible is I'd scream. They'd be like, what is it? Like, bugs. They'd be like, he's also dead. I'd be like, yes, there is a dead body, but there's bugs but Also bugs. Also bugs. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. And I mean, he doesn't really freak out. He's just like, oh, interesting. Yeah. Oh, that's something. And he just <laughs> walks, he walks away, <laughs> runs away. Into nowhere. I don't think he knows where he's going, but okay. So he's just going through the jungle. We see him getting all messed up. And he sees the jaguar leopard again. I forgot which one it was. He just told me. Jaguar. It's not chasing him. He's chasing it. Oh, and he chases after it. And he comes across a road, finally. And he looks rough. He looks rough, really messed yeah, up. Yeah, they got in the clone H for that. That he <laughs> aged dramatically. Yeah, I thought so too. Oh, man. A car truck passes and they do not slow down for him. Real which life. Which is kind of mean. Real life, yes. <laughs> like I said, I wouldn't slow down for anybody. No, they see this weird their... white guy coming yeah. out of the bushes. Yeah. Yeah. And they're like, skirt, go around him. Yeah, and he, like, he right. looks pretty wild and rough right here. I... I'd like to think I would be a good person for somebody in need, but if somebody looks like they could potentially murder me, I might uh, might yeah pass right. by them as well. Yeah, for real. I'll slick your hair back for that kind of thing. 
<laughs> like I, well, we did the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and I just said I was like, I would not. You would not have stopped hitchhiker. for the hitchhiker or, hitchhiker. or any no. hitchhiker. For no, 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 no. Ever. Uh, I ain't dying in this horror movie. <laughs> so we see that. And immediately cut to Boston, which is like, okay, we just go from the Amazon to Boston. Like, All right, well, whatever. Okay. That was a cut. Cool. Okay. Transition budget, zero. Okay. Boston. Boston. So you see him all in a suit, all tidied up. Okay. That's cool. He said he was there for a week and already got a job offer. Yeah. I've been here for uh, seven days and already money is coming to my life again. Wow. <laughs> Wish we were all that lucky. Uh, I know. It's a Pullman yeah. problem. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the narration. I always love narration. You know, it's a cliche. I, I, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah. I forgot about the narration until I rewatched uh, it. It's, it's not good. Like, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, though. It's a good way to just segue into everything without having to... You know, mm. Okay. All right. Just tell me what happened. Right. The voice <laughs> in my head. Show nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so he goes to Boston into Biocorp, was the company? Biocorp. Yeah, Biocorp. Biocorp, which is such an evil name for a company. I would not... Tr- it's like, come on, is bro. It's a real company. I'm going to have to look I don't. Th- I bet it if is. They, if, if it is, they should change it because no, I wouldn't trust them. It is a real thing. Oh my god. It's even in Minnesota. Okay, wow. sorry. No. <laughs> of course it is. Don't don't trust it. Nope. Don't trust it. They're gonna make zombies. So he's there, he's a company, he got two company dudes there. They're like, Hey dude, very good job. You walk two hundred miles, which is crazy. And that's crazy. Amazon, in the Amazon by yourself. All right, that's pretty cool. I'm not gonna lie. That's uh, that's pretty cool. His spirit uh, animal helped him. Yeah, because he saw his spirit animal. I love the scene I've... for the um mm-hmm. the imagery of pharmaceutical companies. Yeah, and <laughs> how he's like, think about the anesthesia. Think about all the lives we could save. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like shiftly looks left and right. Fifty thousand people a year die. Think about the lives we could save. And it's like and money we could make. Um, Which is crazy to think. <laughs> yes, asterisk <laughs> and all the money we could make. Right. Like, that is crazy. It was all sly about it, too. It's like, you know, we could save 50,000 lives in America. Right. And then internationally, we could market it. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, he gets his mission like a video game. His next mission after being in the Amazon, walking 200 miles, is now you're going to Haiti, bro. You're going to go see the zombies. They talk about Kristoff, which is somebody who was buried, I forgot, was it seven years ago? Well, he was the, the man that we saw in the beginning of the movie yeah. being buried. Kristoff yeah, Durand. Durand? Kristoff Durand? Buried seven years ago and he's back. Okay. Pretty much the hunch. I would not have examined. I'd be like, I just got Fred back from the Amazon, bro. You just go down chase <laughs> zombies around. Two hundred miles. Zombification, voodoo. So he goes to Haiti. Cut to Haiti uh, with the crazy shirt. He stands out. I'm, I'm going to say this white dude stands out. He's the only white person in the entire <laughs> cast for the majority mm. of the movie. Yeah, that's crazy. Which is kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. He's the whitest of the white. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I write. Blonde hair. Blonde Dennis. hair and all. Um, so he, it goes to me, Dr. Duchamp. Uh, what was her name? Yeah, Duchamp? Dr. Duchamp. Okay, I got that right. Cool. Uh, and cops cops don't trust him. Obviously, he's the only white dude around. You don't trust him. <laughs> <laughs> 
quite a uh, reversal from what we've got in the U.S. Yeah. It's a thing. It's a thing. So he goes to the doctor, to a mental hospital. Yes. She said only three doctors and a couple nurses and 500 patients, which is crazy. That is crazy. The ratio is 1 to 117 right now. Wow. It's kind of crazy in Minnesota. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. So they go to a lady. Marguerite. Who, Marguerite, yes. Who was also said to be buried and also brought from the dead. Uh, Dennis uh, asks her what happened. And she can't say much, but he gets freaked out because it's bad, bad vibes. He literally everywhere he looks, it's bad vibes. Her eyes tell him, go away. Yeah. Get out of here. They make, yeah. they make eye contact like she's looking yes. down this is such a, mm-hmm. an intense scene she's looking down and just mm-hmm. sort of in her own world and then when he asks her that they make eye contact and she has the widest eyes mm-hmm. and you can hear her screaming but she's not actually screaming yeah it's, it's, it's almost as if he's imagining that or I, I like it i think that wes craven when he's trying to convey like telepathic mm. intuition Mm-hmm. Because I know, you know, for myself, when I'm working in the parapsychological space and describing my voices, and it's kind of weird to say that, right? Like, I am connecting and I'm hearing voices right now. And I'm not talking schizophrenia. I'm talking about mm. like spirit guides or intuition or when I connect with someone and I can hear voices around them intuitively. It's weird to say that out loud. Mm. And when I saw that part of the movie, I thought, huh, the director is maybe trying to convey when it is that you look at someone and you can hear their trauma. Wow. You can hear that screaming yeah. and that, I don't know, it's like omnipotent. It's a warning, but it's it's past, present, and future. It's like all-encompassing kind of an energy. Yeah. And the, the the girl didn't get it. The Dr. Michon, she didn't get it. Just he got it. So it was mm. like, mm. yeah. Your input is great. (laughs) This is great. I think that's interesting because like, is it the eye contact that, you know, Mm. conveys that? Because I've I've been at like a paranormal conference or something and man, Chip Coffee, he's supposed to be like 10 times more psychic than me. So how come is it that, you know, someone comes up and (laughs) I hear something and he doesn't or vice versa? How is it that it works that way? Is it like Mm. proximity? And or does it vary on the individual? Right. I think it's. That eye contact has mm. a lot to do with it. Window and, to the soul. Yeah, right. that's what they say. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. And she also, she's also looking at him like she can feel it from him too. So that's mm-hmm. cool. It's very cool. Cut to a party. Everybody's partying. <laughs> <laughs> Got partying, dancing around. And they meet Lucian, right? Voodoo politician. Mm. Cool guy. Which, you know, I think what a poor name choice for as far as like the Hollywood type casting. And I know that Wes Craven got some backlash or people about the movie being like, this is trying to make black people in voodoo look bad. Mm. Yeah. Lucian, I think, is such a Lucifer trying to like play on that he would be a bad guy. I was like, dang, what a name. (laughs) And I don't know if that was like a popular Haitian name at the time or not, but like Dennis and Lucian. It's like, okay, here we go. Yep. He's going to be <laughs> yeah, there. The, con- the contrast is <laughs> so bad. <laughs> he does have sort of an abrasive personality. So when you meet him in this scene, yeah. it 
it's hard to feel complete trust for this character. Well, he is a politician, so yeah, fair yeah. enough. So, I don't, you can't. I don't know what which one's the you know him just being politician. Um, so they they're asking about Kristoff, and he's like, I don't know, dude. And he's just let's party, <laughs> and Dushan <laughs> is like, all right, he won't help. So let's get out mm. of here. And Dennis just sits back down because, you know, it's whatever. Dr. Dushan goes to leave, but she gets stopped by somebody and sprayed in the face with the spray from the mouth. She gets sprayed. What is that, something. by the way? Did, has anybody got ideas on what that is? Because mm. that's where I was like, I need to Google. What are they uh, spitting into the eyes of other people? I don't know. It's something to control you them. You see that is a lot real. of times in this mm-hmm. movie. Yeah. But it seems like it's a it's not always the same thing. In this instance, whatever it is, it causes possession. Yeah, possession for a, for a moment, I guess. Okay, I have a link. I'm going to send you a link because this is <laughs> um, this is me. This is a problem. <laughs> These are my problems, guys. Uh, it's a Haitian alcoholic drink known mm. in the voodoo realm called Yucatec, and it's a Maya ritual oh. and. I don't know what it is, but they drink it and they spit it. And it's made of uh, something. Yeah. Damn. All these names could be in a video game or something. Right? They're <laughs> very good. Um, yeah. So you get it sprayed in the face. And uh, we had another guy walk in, the police guy whose name I did not get. Batman. Batman. Bad, who, bad guy. Sergeant. Uh, Sergeant. Yeah. Yeah. Scariest looking it. dude. He's he's probably top ten scariest looking dude. He is. He's right up there with the old yeah, guy man. from Poltergeist. Who uh, Dennis sees immediately and recognizes is the guy who he saw in the vision from the Amazon, the mm. snarling guy, which <sighs> is like immediately. Uh, I'd be like, oh, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta get out. I of think here. I need to see a psychologist. Maybe is what I would right. be thinking. Like, maybe take a break from work. See a professional. Nope. He's getting paid. Yeah, yeah. That's the main motivation. Uh, money. Money. Um, so Just he... Uh, make that money. Yeah, for real. So Lucian tells Dennis about Darjin, secret police guy in charge of it. Very, don't cross him. He's very, very bad dude uh and we see dr Dushan dancing <laughs> in different attire which is quick she that was quick, uh, that was a quick well especially around. after yeah. she refused to dance before yeah yeah, yeah so she's dancing pretty cool goes over to dennis which dennis again does not see anything wrong about the situation oh, he's got yeah he's like huh she went from saying no giving absolute no consent to like dancing and she's gonna come over and do some weird (laughs) eye contact belly dancing like moment with me yeah that's pretty good and everyone's already staring at me but i'm gonna do it (laughs) he's like oh that's cool yeah he does and he's he's into it so he dances uh, to him and she goes over to the dance floor and uh uh, darjan (laughs) immediately uh interrupts everything with tapping on the glass, which I thought was cool because you get that in Get Out too, which is in Get Out, uh, you tap the glass to hypnotize people. But here, he breaks their hypnotization. He makes them come to. 
So he breaks the mood and everybody, uh, all the hypnotized people, which is what we can infer. Stop being hypnotized, I guess. When is it that he explains that she is being possessed and that's why she switches on to dance mode and also says that for her it's as natural as breathing? He says that like as soon as she's dancing. So yeah. he, he gets the explanation, Dennis does, as she is dancing, but he's still into it, which is like, okay. So yeah, and so Darjan breaks up everything, all the possessed people. So- which again... It's crazy, and I don't know how I'd feel about that. And that see, and this is one of those when my husband was watching this with me, and he was like, "This is weird." This doesn't really happen. <laughs> and I was like, "No, I, you know, in other countries, especially." And I feel like when going back to those experiences as a teenager, watching people have their dance circles, some of which I wasn't even allowed to be too close to because mm. I was not a practicing person, and people do get crazy. It's one of those like when you see the power of faith and how it it just dissolves shame that people can get out there even in like an indigenous circle and shake and go into mm. like convulsions and arching their back and like the whole thing. And I don't know. He didn't seem at all strange about it. Maybe it's cuz he was an anthropologist, but I would think he to the average person, it's, to a degree. Mm. Yeah, but it's what it's wild to watch that, and in that scene with the hypnotism <laughs> stuff, like he covers uh-huh. his head, he covers that one guy with the darn knapsack. Comes over and he's like, "Here, cover his head, like we're gonna smother him." Like, but that was a helpful thing at that moment, I guess. Mm. Remember that? It was kind of mm. weird. The whole scene yeah. is weird, <laughs> and it's also happening at like a cheesecake factory. It's like a very <laughs> <laughs> sit down establishment right like okay yeah yeah so that was cool and uh next day it's writing notes got narration as they're looking for Kristoff, asking around villages everybody's saying no go away dude we're not gonna tell you anything until they meet his Kristoff's uh, sister which tells them something i didn't get what she said but they got information and cut to a graveyard at night, which is where you go to graveyards at night. I don't know why they couldn't go in the day, but they go in at night. And they just look around. They're looking for Kristoff. Mm-hmm, look around for Kristoff, which is cool. Until... Jump scare. Yeah, Dennis gets jump scared by somebody. <laughs> and he falls into an open grave. Into a casket <laughs> where a body is, which is crazy. That spooks them. That spooks them out of everything. Right. And then they start laughing. Then they're laughing. Did you see your face just then? (laughs) The the one thing that spooked them thus far, everybody's laughing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, they act like it's a common daily occurrence to just fall into an open casket with a skeleton. (laughs) A skeleton. Well, that's a goof. Oh, yeah. So the grave robbers were there and the grave robbers run away. And Dr. Duchamp laughs at him. He's like, okay, I see how it is. Now everything's fake. You just want money from us. Everything you showed us is fake. That's what it is. Yeah, he thinks it's a scam. Yeah, it's a scam. Because when she shows him the hospital, like she's describing to him like how how they are in dire need of funds. So... In his mind, this is all just part of an elaborate scheme to get money for the hospital. Yeah. 
which isn't a far cry. No, <laughs> yeah. not at all. It's not a you bad know? idea. You crazy yeah. people brought me out here dragging me through the cemeteries and stuff, and you just want my money. You might be. <laughs> it's crazy it's how it all weird. goes back to money. It does. Yeah. <laughs> money, 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 money. Biocore. Biocore. <laughs> so yeah, Dr. Deshaun like storms off. He's like, uh what okay whatever uh and dennis goes after after her and he gets his jump scared again uh, yeah by Kristoff. she's she's just right there that's uh, crazy and dr chum comes over and he's like oh and they ask him some questions about uh about what he remembers and he says he remembers everything which is crazy that's bad that's not good. He That's remembers creepy. everything. He remembers everything being buried. He remembers the sound of the dirt hitting the coffin, which is crazy. It's like uh, those stories of the people who are under anesthesia or in mm. surgery, but they can't, yeah, I they can't. remember everything. That's my, one of my biggest fears. I've only yeah. ever had one surgery that required anesthesia. All the rest of them, uh, like even colonoscopies, I would say, like I want to be present enough to be present. Hmm. Like it freaks me out the idea that I could not wake up yeah that you could or that you would be feeling pain mm, yes yeah. wouldn't be able yeah. to speak or move oh my gosh that'd be horrible now i haven't had that experience but there has been twice because i've had a few surgeries where i've woken up during the procedure <gasps> Ooh, what yeah no nope <laughs> and so yeah then they had to put me back under. So, are you a redhead by chance? Is that why? Me? Yeah. No. Okay. They oh. say gingers need more anesthetic. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, all you killers out there, no, you're gonna need extra. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, Jesus. Um. So yeah, they ask him a bunch of questions. <laughs> That's Kristoff, a bunch of questions. I like Kristoff, oh. the name. I like Kristoff yeah. as a name. He says that the one who made him like this, the Bokor, which is a witch for hire who is said to serve the Loa with both hands, practicing for both good and evil. Witch doctor. Yes, a witch doctor. And mm. they made him like this, and they sealed his soul away and made him do evil things. I like, okay, mm. so I want to just say in that definition, guys, I love that it says a voodoo witch for hire who is mm. said to serve with both hands. I love that. The idea that you would be male and female doing yin and yang, mm. that you, it would be light and dark so that you would mm -hmm. be doing both like malefic and beneficial things. I like mm. that. I've got chills all over again. Right. <laughs> yeah. I like before when they were in the Biocorp, uh, Dennis is like, doesn't believe the soul thing. But then this whole thing has to deal with souls being trapped. And that's why you know, it uh, makes you a zombie. I thought that was cool. They bring that up uh, again and again. Yes. So he's that. Christoph says, this is my place. I have to be with the dead, which is a cool line. Mm, it is a cool line. Because they're wanting to bring him out of the graveyard with mm -hmm. him or with them, but he refuses. He doesn't feel like his place is with the living anymore. Yeah. I like the scene a lot. So he reveals that it was a poison, a powder that they used to uh, make him like this, which is a good lead. 
Mm. For the anthropologist, Dennis. It's like you get a little beep on your quest map. Find powder. So, and Kristoff walks away. Back. He's out. To the grave. Frosted. I just, I want to know more about that though. Like, what does he do for food? I just want to know. I just want to know what his life is like as a zombie. I'm just curious. (laughs) Cut to... Dennis going back to his hotel or living place or something, and he sees something inside. What is that? Well, what does he see in his room, which is well, a bad sign? While he was away, it was just completely redecorated without his permission <laughs> with uh, blood, I presume, painted mm-hmm. in drawings mm-hmm. and symbols all over the place. It looks like a crucified pig. Yeah, it's interesting. He doesn't like the new decor, obviously, so he runs away. Yeah, yeah. he's pig. like, somebody's in here trying to kill things. It ain't gonna be me. And he darts out yeah. the door. That's actually what's happening. It's not decor. It's a, <laughs> it's a threat. A very visible threat painted yeah. over his <laughs> hotel room. Uh, and he also sees a shadow of somebody with a machete, uh, machete coming in. He's like, oh, okay, yikes. I'm out of here. <laughs> he's like, I'm out. Yeah, that pig got symbolized. That's what I like to say instead of crucified. <laughs> he got symbolized. Symbolized? Uh, yeah, he got symbolized. That's one way of putting uh, it, I guess. Yeah, that's from pro re- again. It's my pro wrestling terms because in <laughs> pro wrestling they had a pro wrestler who crucified other wrestlers, but they can say crucified on TV because they would offend Christians, oh, so they said symbolized instead. That's that's why I say symbolized. Okay, uh, <laughs> so cut to a wedding with a voodoo politician. Lucian is overseeing. Dennis and Doctor Duchamp come in. And uh, and what do they say? They talk. And Lucien is the one who's saying, yo, it's dangerous. Don't go into this place. Everybody gives him warnings. That's one thing I like. Like Everybody warned him and still he's keeping going on. <laughs> Literally everybody he talks to is like, just go away, dude. Don't, don't go any further. But they keep going on. And Lucien points him, them, to somebody who can help him, which is Mozart, a guy with a hat, chicken fighting. And yeah, they ask him about if they can make uh, he can make somebody uh, a zombie, and he's like, "Oh, I can do it for how is it a hundred bucks? A thousand like, originally, or I think he refuses at first, and then they name drop mm-hmm. Lucian, and then he's like, mm-hmm. oh, that guy, I know that guy, I love that guy.' He agrees mm-hmm. to help them for a thousand, and then they barter down to five hundred. Mm-hmm. Mozart's cool. I like Mozart. <laughs> Oh, it's cool. Yeah, and then he shows him a little bottle which is with the soul thing. And he's and Dennis is like, whose soul is that? And Mozart is like, the guy who owned this place before me, haha. <laughs> he's got jokes. <laughs> he is or was it a joke? He is. Or was funny. it a joke? It wasn't a joke. <laughs> uh, and Dennis is like, it's not the spell that I want, it's the powder. And he's like, oh, powder. And yes, they barter it down. I love this. <laughs> like my dad, he barters down everything. <laughs> Good deal. It's actually a very bad deal, but we'll learn why later. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> Shows him a little powder, a bottle, a little bottle of powder. And Dennis like, how do we know it's work? And they bring in a little goat. I like this. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. And Mozart puts the a little bit of powder in the goat food. Goats eat. Goat eats it. And immediately goes to sleep. Uh, or, you know plays dead or something or dead i i don't know he looks like he goes to sleep a sedated state and Mozart's like see i like what happens next because me i was like oh it works oh cool 
500 bucks, not bad. I would have taken the bottle, I would have taken the deal and gone back to Boston with it. But Dennis is not, he's, he's a smart he's not dude. A he put, yeah, he's been in these streets. He can't be fooled this easily. <laughs> he puts a little, he cuts a little uh, scar, a little, cuts a little thing in, in the uh, goat's hoof. So he notes it's this goat. And he says, you get the money tomorrow when you can show you can bring it back to life, which is smart. I hadn't even thought of that. I forgot that was a process in zombies thing. Yeah, right, to bring you them gotta back make sure it's the same person. Yeah, I would have been fooled. Well, thank you for your honesty. Yeah, honestly, I would have just wanted to get out of there easily. <laughs> get out of here fast. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go. I've been very impatient. And we cut to... Uh, Dennis and Dr. Dushan talking for a while. I forget what they say. I think we can call yeah. her by her first name at some point, what too. Was uh, what was Mar- her first name? Uh, Mar- we'll see, now I'm going to fuck up. <laughs> uh, is it Marielle? Marielle? Marielle. Marielle. Yeah, something like that. Okay. Yeah. I just go by the name they give them first and just stick with the African. Just however they're introduced. Well, their relationship does grow, so I feel like yeah. <laughs> they can yeah, be on first, first name. name. Basis by now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, first name yeah. basis now. They talk for a bit, and they and they the, they go to a Catholic voodoo service. Well, right before we get into that, I just wanted to say that I really like the discussion that they're having because. This is when she explains sort of her possession more because she's also Mm. a psychiatrist, but she explains that her, and maybe Sarah can relate to this, Mm. but her spirituality and her scientific mind are very interconnected. And that's how she sort of comes to terms with this. You know, it's kind of funny you say that because that part in the movie, I remember thinking like, you know, oftentimes my spirituality has damned me. And areas mm-hmm. of science, objectivity, and areas of, of that. So trying to link them with like how science is proving the paranormal, trying to go into quantum realms and anthropology and places where it seems more scientific and more objective and more strong footed. But by nature, spirituality is often that if you in your heart believe that the universe is bigger than you, then at some point you have to stop trying to understand it. Mm. <laughs> That's a really weird place to be. It's a meniscus. It's like a yeah. liminal space that I think is a theme in zombies because mm. you're not you know, quite objective and you're not quite completely faithful either. You're trying to figure out how you can be both. Mm. And that is hard. Interesting. Mm. Like even right now, I would say in, in like forensic psychology, it's it's only in the last year have I noticed for the first time people seeking out counselors specific to their religion. In the last five years, it was specific to their ethnicity or their like presentation. Mm-hmm. Saying like, well, I'd like a, you know, a white male or I'd like a, a black female. Whereas now it's like, I'm looking for a counselor who's Christian, or I'm looking for mm. someone who's this. And that used to be unheard of because to mm. mix your belief system in with like a treatment modality is almost counterproductive to what you're trying to do, it mm-hmm. seems. But it's not. Yeah. You know, they Interesting. do serve the same purpose. Yeah. Yeah. 
No, it was a good space too because then she she talks and she says something in there too. That <laughs> since the age of five, she's been doing this. Right? Yeah. Mm. Man, if people were giving her, you know, the cocktail at five years old and having her channel spirits, that's that yeah. seems a little. Five is not an age to consent to anything. Nothing in the uh, goddess of love and sex. Oh, oh my that goodness. sounds mm. appropriate. Right. Yeah. But oh, then I was just thinking, like, that's probably just my bias. I just heard that. That's my <laughs> bias. But then I was like, I don't know. It seems a little much. <laughs> it's no, that's that's good to uh good to note. But this is a good segue mm. because as Miguel was saying, they arrive at a ceremony and she explains that Everything that they do is like 85% Catholic and 110% voodoo. And we see a statue and Mm. she's sort of like a combination of Arzuli, the voodoo spirit of love, but also the Virgin Mary. Mm. I love that. Mm. It's interesting. I love that. And I, it takes me back to, I was a senior in high school and we were doing speech class and you had to give an informative speech. Now, I was already the witch of the school, so I figured, why not play into it? I'm a senior. I'm going to do this. And my informative speech was on the voodoo religion because, man, I'd spent a few summers with my sister and seen some crazy stuff. And I had a really cool book and things. And I was like, look at this stuff. I can pass around and scare people. And (laughs) so I did that. And I remember learning at that point how integrated Catholicism, mostly to like, you know, the colonial spaces of very early Christians going out and and being disciples for their religion and going to places like Haiti or these, you know, islands and, and forcing, we know how disciples are a a Mm. little forceful. And so to kind of blend with that coercion, but also over time, it does become a part of who you are that I like the archetype of the mother, the nurturing mother, Mm. like that you have sex to have babies, but you also nurture your children. So you're like a vessel and a portal of life. Mm -hmm. And so love and sex being kind of sandwiched in those two. And that mother Mary is that for the Christian faith. And so she is that also in the voodoo faith and they just are the same thing. Right. Hmm. It's an interesting dichotomy. Yeah. Hmm. And if you're, you know, if you believe the same concept of love and creation, but like by carrying a Mother Mary statue and rosary, you're not going to get whipped and beaten by the colonial authority. Mm. So you just start talking about it as that. And people who know your belief system make eye contact with you and they know who you're talking about, but it may not absolutely be Mary. Mm. It might just be the saving woman. Right. You know? And I just, I Mm. love that. I love wondering how much of it is forced and how much of it is real. Mm -hmm. Because like, that's, I think also what faith is. Like when I was a young girl, like how much of this is being forced on me versus how much of this is what I would actually believe. Mm -hmm. So Mm. I I liked that scene. And they do. And if you're a Vikings fan and you watch that like pilgrimage (laughs) they make in that scene where they're like, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of fire and there's a lot of sex and there's a lot of wild, weird (laughs) dancing up a mountain for many miles Mm. in the rain, in the mud for like Mother Mary. And I don't see Catholics doing that. I see Vikings doing that. I see a lot of pagan people doing that. But Mm. apparently the voodoo 
people in Haiti are doing that too. Because <laughs> they did in this movie. For a, for a second, I was confused. I thought you meant Vikings like the football team. Like oh, Vikings. Yeah, no. I was like, oh. Is he... I'd be like, oh, such a bigger fan. Um, no. For a moment, I, I did too, Miguel. And I was like, wow, those football fandoms, they get pretty wild, huh? Yeah. I was like, oh, that's yeah. intense. Pilgrimage, yeah, sex, mud. No. Yeah, yeah that's what I thought. I was like, oh, wow. It's just a different kind of worship football. True. It is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, they go through a whole pilgrimage. We got a montage here, which is cool. Oh, it's beautiful. My gosh. Very beautiful. Yeah. And uh, they are all sleeping somewhere on the ground, which is cool, too. Uh, it would be cool to experience at least once, like sleeping like out in, the, in nature, just on the ground. But I'd be afraid of bugs and things crawling on me. Though, <laughs> uh, it's on the dirt. We see Dennis never gets a good night's rest. We see a, a snake slithering around on top of uh, Marielle. What was her name? Marielle. Yes, sorry, I was gonna say Doctor Dushan again. <laughs> Marielle, and uh, gets to Dennis, and he wakes up. It was a nightmare again. Literally, he's only had nightmares since forever since the movie started. So he wakes up, uh, hears somebody calling his name or calling to him, saying Dennis. something. Was, Dennis. 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 <laughs> and he sees Kristoff with a lantern in the middle of there with somebody beside him. Uh, and uh, somebody beside him, a bride. And the bride comes over and Dennis uh, does the thing you do with brides. You do, do, you remember, do you remember the mm-hmm. sounds that mm-hmm. she was making? Yes. Yeah. Can you can you replicate it? Because I wrote down sort of strange crackling like, noises, but oh my God. Yeah, that's very that good. That kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, almost like a little squeaking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I did. I wrote that down too because my husband does movie scores and like music studio wow. musician stuff. What? Yeah, that's what my husband does. <laughs> he also works for Menards because studio musicians don't make a lot of money. You are um, both so cool. Well, Shut we up. try. Um, we're also very boring. But he's over there doing like, uh, you know, trying to have the next big score to like mist or something. And mm. meanwhile, that just means that I'm always hyper aware of the scores of movies. And I noticed mm. that in this very moment um, where you're like, you know, there's no music playing in this movie. There's yeah. very um, little background noise. And then all little. of a sudden you hear those noises, the cricking and cracking. And mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, <laughs> man, did they do that on purpose? And that's kind of a Probably. brazen choice, I think. Mm, I like it. I like it. I respect mm-hmm. it. It's definitely creepy. Uh, yeah. And the bride is a skeleton bride. She's skeleton. Is. Oh, yeah. Because a veil is over her face, but yeah, then, yeah. like, mm-hmm. he moves it and. <gasps> and she tries to kiss him and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> but some shoots out of her mouth. What shot out of her oh, mouth? It's not yeah. a tongue. It was like a. What was it? Was it a snake? I was like going to say the yeah. same thing, Sarah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Remote controlled tongue just blew right out snake. of her face. Snake. Got a, got a snake kiss from a corpse bride. Oh my god! And then jumps awake. Uh, yeah. Just a nightmare. Another one. Another nightmare. And we see a bunch of people cut. Again, he gets freaked out a bit, but he kind of forgets about it very quickly. 
And he's yeah, he gets over <laughs> shit really quick. He does. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. What a true pro. Right? Well, we don't know what other crazy adventures he's been on before this. He's That's got true. the Amazon trip and maybe he's been through some shit. And so we see a bunch of people. It's a cool place of worship. They said it's just like a place where you can like ba- like uh, water, clean water. That's cool. And the statue in the middle of the water. That, that's that's a pretty cool place to be. So everybody's in the water, and then yeah, things get sensual Ooh, between this is Marielle the sex and, scene. and sex Dennis. Scene. They 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 put meow, some water in each meow, other. Meow. Sort of like anointing. Yeah, but it's yeah. it's a very sensual scene. It's yeah. a, it goes yeah. from sort of healing to sexual healing. Yeah, it goes from <laughs> a public <laughs> bath anointment cenote moment where there's children again uh-huh. to a yes. small dark crevice hole like Goonies <laughs> where there's nipples. At least they sequestered themselves to a cave and didn't yeah. do this like out in the open. Right, but and uh, it's very quiet, sensual. And no music. Yeah. No music. Again. Dang. Weird choice. <laughs> I like Mario like puts water on his face and he and he goes for the chest immediately. Yeah. <laughs> I was put some water. that too. <laughs> like, oh, I mean guy. it paid off. Like, He's yeah. like oh yeah. Check this out. I mean, I don't know, man, how much of a turn on it is to be on the bottom and have a woman pouring water over your face. (laughs) Stop breathing, sir. You're interested in zombies, right? Um, Okay. He shakes it off. He shakes it off. He's present. Yeah. It's pretty hot. Uh, And uh, yeah, so I have sex. Cut Cut to Boston. Boston. Cut to. They're in a car. They see police. doing police things uh, but there's a curfew now so they're ensuring that everybody is meeting that curfew Mm. i mean it's not a good reason but that is the reason (laughs) that is uh, an excuse yes to do what they want um so yeah dennis gets yanked out of his car he sure does (laughs) of course he would be so yeah of course he stands out and he gets taken to and the head of police Scary motherfucker. Whose facial yeah. expressions yeah. never really change and he's not symmetrical. So I think that there is something in psychology <laughs> about that mm. with the eyes that don't blink and the like mm-hmm. facial features that are not symmetrical. It's like the old man that bangs on the screen door on Poltergeist. Mm-hmm. It's mm. very scary. Do you think we consider him scary because there's maybe an uncanny valley factor in his face? Mm, yeah probably mm-hmm. yeah he's dealing with the scary guy uh, uh and he's like why are you here he's like oh i'm a tourist yeah. look at me dude i'm a tourist and he's <laughs> like you're a bad liar dude i like he gets called out immediately he's like oh you're a bad liar because he's like what about Kristoff? he's like who's Kristoff? and he's like what about you being in the graveyard and he's like what graveyard i had a moment in that interrogation where i was like you know what Mm -hmm. not too long ago we used to be able to lie Mm. (laughs) like in that moment i realized where he's like Kristoff, like Kristoff, who be like you know who i'm talking about your cell phone dinged in the cemetery and you were there and everyone saw you you know (laughs) back then you really could say like yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. Right. Yeah, so he pretty much gets called out immediately. It's like, this guy, I know what you're doing. <laughs> and he's like, I'm a tourist. I haven't done anything wrong, please. 
And then uh, uh, Darjan gives a little evil monologue, dude. He's like, this country is on the brink. It's a powder <laughs> keg waiting to explode. And I'm the match. Uh, like the Batman. <laughs> uh, get out of here, please. Uh, go fuck yourself, please. And nothing happens to you. Literally getting a warning again. He's Just been warned. <laughs> again. And again. Many and times. Again. Yeah, he's pretty much, uh, things are tense, and we don't want any problems, and please don't cause any problems, dude. Which is pretty, you know, he gets, he gives him back his passport and just get out of here now. Mm. And what does Dennis do? Goes right back to his kind of girlfriend <laughs> and doesn't listen. <laughs> of course. Girlfriend. So they go back to Mozart, which is a cool name. I like uh, that guy. Yeah, Mozart's pretty cool. Go back to Mozart, he's partying. With a bunch of girls and a bunch of people. He's partying. I forgot they said what he was partying for. Or just partying in general. That's cool. It's cool to have a party just to have a party. And he's like, what about the goat? And he shows him the goat. And Dennis immediately clocks that this is not the same goat. He's being tricked. And Dennis goes... We always talk about moments in movies where the main guy has to be the cool guy. Yeah. And this is that moment here. He is mm. he goes to be the cool guy. He's like, and he gives them the money. And he's like, you, oh, um, shit. Or something. Yeah. He gets called it's out. It's clear on his he, face. Yeah. He's like, you're an idiot. And, and the mood changes. <gasps> Everybody <laughs> in the bar. Fighting words. Honestly, I would be offended if somebody called me an idiot in front of everybody. Mm-hmm. Honestly, that's pretty strong. It's like somebody calling you a mor- moron in front of everybody. You're a moron. Yeah, because this guy's like a rock star to these people. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least he thinks so. <laughs> and uh, so Dennis goes and he's like, all right, let's see what it is, you know. And he pours, uh, and Mozart's like, oh, what are you talking about, dude? And, he t- and Dennis takes the bottle of <gasps> the powder. The bottle out. Yeah. In front of everybody and pours it in his drink. What? And he drinks it all. Because no! he ends in scared. Because he's a cool guy and he's showing everybody. I was like, what the fuck? I did too the yeah. first time. I was like, is this a, a Princess and the Bride moment where he's going to be like, I've been digging <laughs> this or this whole thing? But like, <laughs> what's happening? Uh, he drank it. Yeah, he drank yeah. it. In front of everybody. And Mozart stares at him. <laughs> His <laughs> mouth like, is open. You crazy. So, um, yeah, mad, yeah, basically. Madman. Mad calls him a crazy madman. And Dennis is like, your potion is piss. Yeah. Which, again, is another line that's like, okay, yeah. I guess that's kind of cool, I guess. You're so cool. <laughs> I guess. It would have been cool very, Dennis. very cool to me if he wasn't, like, in my mind, <laughs> doing something very stupid right now. But I'm wearing a shirt tucked in. <laughs> yeah. Shirt tucked in deducts to do, to cool points. So. Right, for sure. Uh, <laughs> And he's got bangs. So he like (laughs) flips his bangs and is like, your potion is piss. Clink, 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 clink. And walks out with his shoes and tucked in shirt. Uh, Marielle. Chastises him. Yeah. She's like, oh, you're crazy, dude. And then Dennis shows her some sleight of hand with a little coin. So, okay, that's cool. That was cute. That That was was cute. It wasn't the potion. It was baking soda. Baking soda. And he, he says that what he was actually given was probably rat poison. So that's why he yeah, had the again, whole sleight of hand. 
drinking bacon soda also probably isn't good for you if it was bacon <laughs> drinking anything powdery white is like probably not good um, so he does that and he does a little trick behind the ear oh he has the real potion Whoa. that he was given cool and then mozart comes up and he's like pretty cool trick you got there and he's like i can give you the real stuff for a thousand not, not <laughs> budging on the thousand not budging on the thousand starting hey, all over again yeah again because now he was he mozart sees that dennis is a cool guy that can handle it all right he's a magician so. he doesn't just have his pants tucked into his shirt he does magic i mean yeah, yeah if if in Mozart's mind, Dennis just drank rat poison, like even mm-hmm. if it wasn't the zombie powder, even if it was just rat poison, that would be insane to yeah, drink that for. and survive. Hard for. You could be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> you can drink white. with us. <laughs> crazy white dude. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Mozart takes them to a graveyard again, again, starting mm-hmm. all over again. And now they're the grave robbers. Oh, yeah, because he says that he will do this, but in order to do this, he needs Dennis's help. I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. I put that Mm -hmm. in my notepad because, man, gypsy magic, that was always kind of my mother's unique way. I say unique, weak wink, of getting you to do something is that the magic is in your energy of doing it. So Mm -hmm. if somebody wants to pay you for a love spell, this isn't just come back and I give you a satchel. This is you're going to have to kill Mm. the bird or you're gonna have to do something because the magic is in your energy and i Mm. like that 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 was kind of what he you are going to need your help or something like that and i was like oh yeah get him entangled in it dennis you're in now (laughs) yeah yeah he is you're in this now gotta go rob a grave crazy and whose grave is it it's that oh man what a reveal before Mozart says it was from a sorceress. And then you, uh, Dennis sees the body in it. Who is it? The corpse bride. It's that woman he frenched in a few se- scenes back. Yes, yes. Yeah. He knows her. Oh, they know each other very they well. They know each other very well. <laughs> yeah, man. And he got snake kissed. And he, this, okay, now he's showing emotion. Yeah. Now he's having a now little. Now he's spooked. He's, he's gasping for her. He's like, oh, fuck. Okay, now this is pretty serious right now. I've been through a lot, but okay. <laughs> but what a pro. Sitting he here still doing goes nothing has suddenly triggered me. <laughs> yeah. All right, now he's feeling it. Uh, cut to cut. Mariel's place mm-hmm. for a shirt, specifically for a shirt is what she said. You need a new shirt. Bro. You need a shirt. I'm going to give you my dead dad shirt. I'm okay. Yeah. No, you're not. What? yeah he's like this shirt then it's like this shirt's fine and she's like no it's not you look ugly <laughs> right? my book. all the other weird shit like- they've been doing it's the shirt dennis stand out like a white boy in haiti (laughs) no one will notice you in my dad's shirt yeah Yeah, he's like you're gonna be my boyfriend you need some fashion sense bro you're like wearing tacky shirts but police come out of nowhere usually the police barge into your place but this they barge out of, out of your, your place, place. <laughs> imagine a sneak attack by the police so they get captured dennis comes up tries to save her like the a knight in shining armor but he he actually does drop kick a, a guy he does. Police guys, which is crazy i've never <laughs> seen he in real life. a person 
<laughs> I've never seen in real life somebody get drop kicked, which is crazy. Uh, but this is a crazy first move to do in a fight. He get, he jumps onto the porch and drop kicks this guy and punches like, the other guy. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of pro wrestling, and uh, he gets pistol whipped and he gets knocked out. And here. It's not wise. We see. Resist police. Okay. Don't resist arrest, guys. Just don't. <laughs> yeah. Even they barge out from outside of your house. You're going walking up to your door and they come out of it. They come out, out of nowhere. nowhere. Yeah. So we see Darjan. It's the Adenji place. And he wakes up Dennis with something air. Was it pressurized air? Propane blowing air? porch. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Yeah, Which I immediately thought, this tells you about my uh, history, I immediately thought like gangster torture where they would get, yeah. you know, put mice on your stomach and put the pail on your body and then heat the parts of the pail to make the mice dig their way out. Ew. And I thought, yeah. oh, they're going to do the old rat torture. But then he just lit mm. a cigar. Oh, yeah. That was kind of yeah. cool. That was. I cool. mean, it's not cool. <laughs> this is bad and he's evil, but I liked that. I don't know what you call that. Circumventing our expectations or whatever that's called. Yeah. He's doing a little fear tactic. A little fear. Oof. Yeah, that scare me. He already has blood on him at this point too, doesn't he? Even though we haven't seen it, I think we can presume that he was already like beaten up Spectral a little. Yeah. yeah. Probably. Been dragged by drop kicking people. <laughs> and, and I don't know if we said this, but he is completely naked. But yes, naked. I appreciate this. Yeah, well, me, me too, but not in not in that way. But, <laughs> but he's uh, he's completely bound to a chair, buck naked. I appreciated the <laughs> extremity that they went to with, in this film. They did. Yes. They did. And when I think about 1980s male actors and like their ability to commit to a role. Male nudity yes. was not something that I think you saw in a lot of a lot of any of those mm -hmm. movies. Exactly, yes. And he is. He is strapped naked to a looks like one of the chairs that you might have in like an electrocution chair. Mm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's got blood on his neck. The thing tied around his neck, very tight, which scares me a lot. I don't know. Uh, choking. Mm -hmm. Uh hazard. That's a choking hazard. That's what I would have said if I was if I was Dennis, <laughs> like, uh, can you take this off my neck? I might choke, please. I don't think this is police protocol. I don't think any of this is protocol. It's <laughs> be very smart ass with them <laughs> being tired. So yeah, he's tired. And he's like, first plane out of here, I'm gone. Please let me go. This is I've had enough. Okay, okay. Now I know you're okay, now I know you're serious. Please let me go. I'll leave immediately. Dennis is like, Darjan's like, it's kinda of too late for that, bro. Yeah. Um, we warned you three times. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, Darjan, they strap him down really tight. Uh, he's got his undies, his tidy whities around his <laughs> ankles, so he's naked. Naked. They show that to make sure, like, of any doubt. Now he's he's all naked, and <laughs> Darjan produces a hammer, and somebody gives him a nail. Well, before you get to that, I just wanted to say <laughs> that I love that Dennis even tries to bargain with oh, yeah. money here. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Part, yeah. This is this is just one thing I really like about this character is that normally this is when you would see like the cool guy saying, "I don't care what you're gonna do to me, I can handle it, I can take it," like try to do a James Bond kind of thing. But no, he's like straight yeah. up 
afraid for his life. He's bargaining. He's trying to get out of the situation, whatever it takes. Yep. Mental. Yeah. That main character is, has no ego, no pride. I'll do whatever you want. What do you need? And my favorite part too, is I think again with that, like dark and light, who is the good guy? Who's the bad guy of, you know, Dennis's character is there on behalf of BioCore. Yeah. And when he says, how much money do you need? And the bad man leans in and says, oh, I don't want money. That to me, I just was like, oh, that's when you know you're quite scary. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. What do you mean you don't want money? That's very scary. As a woman, I think when we as women hear that, we assume it's going to be some sort of sexual assault or torture. Yeah. But a man hearing that, what does that mean? I think, yeah. Like normally that's when you can buy your way out of a situation. Mm Mm-hmm. And so the next scene I know is whenever I told my dad, I called my dad and was like, yeah, I'm doing a podcast mi- uh, movie review. The, you remember the movie, The Serpent and the Rainbow? And he was like, oh, that's that movie where <laughs> this scene <laughs> right here. <laughs> that, that's the one. Uh, it sticks with you. It sure does. It's nailed it now. Uh, yeah, so you get the hammer and the nail. I just caught that. <laughs> I mean, there's no... Good way to say it. Uh, yeah. He puts the nail on Dennis's scrotum. Stretches scrotum. all that out. Oh, God. And uh, he kind of just goes yeah. for it. <laughs> he kind of just pounds, pounds it out. Nails, <laughs> pounds <laughs> his scrotum with the nail. Dang. Pounds his scrotum. Yeah, yeah. Yep. His scrotum got pounded. Interesting um, uh, choice of words. Yes. Yeah. And I know that this is horrible and graphic, but of course the in a scary movie, it's often what you don't see. But mm, in a torturous yes. situation, I mean, that's a flaccid penis. Mm-hmm. So we're hoping Ouch. then that it's I either big it's enough flaccid. that it flops to the side or small enough <laughs> that when he's moving your testicles, one to the right and one to the left and putting that mm. nail right between, that he doesn't hammer down on anything else. Oh, God. Do you know what I mean? Oh, that's pretty bad yeah, yeah i know yeah yeah, yeah. jesus <laughs> yeah i'm swarming so anyway, <laughs> just there was a lot of anatomical questions i left and i thought mr pullman alec baldwin whoever you are <laughs> i hope it's you know to the oh, left God. a little bit because be, depending on the hammer they're using that's close that's too close for comfort that was a big ass nail too yeah. yeah, it's a big nail. I mean, Rusty some people nail. pay for that. You know, some people go to Las Vegas yeah. and pay for that. That's so. true. Yeah. Wow. Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, that's a very pivotal <laughs> yeah. scene. Nice and he says, I don't want to be here anymore. But yet, I don't... he doesn't leave. He doesn't uh, yeah, learn. <laughs> no, he, he goes for it. Um, so, yeah, he, he that happens. He screams. He kind of gets uh, thrown to the side of the road in his undies, his underwear. <laughs> yeah, a lot of blood. Oh, my God. Uh, right in front of um, Mario's Mario. place. So he goes after him. She was him. in there yeah, just making tea. Fucked, mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what I was like. Oh, my... Where was she? She was just, uh, there you are. <laughs> I thought you yeah. were dead. <laughs> I was already on to the next yeah. guy. Um, but no. Uh, yeah, just waiting. Just... Everybody's perpetually waiting until they're on screen so they can do what they got their character has to do. Yep. I like the fact that in his narration, he highlights the fact that he's still intact. I mean, I guess they could have taken an eye or something, yeah. you know, but they just hammered a Left nail through your hole. bits. 
Yeah, it yeah. could have been a lot worse. Yeah. I mean, that's still uh, pretty bad. But It's pretty bad. <laughs> that's one of those things, too, as far as torture goes. And, you know, I only say this because working in forensic psych, part of the question I get is, what's the difference between reg- regular psychology and forensic psychology? And forensics is just at, at which point a person has broken a law. And so for me, working in psychopathy and violent offenders, this is a really unique space. And seeing where torture can take place that someone will report like sexual assault is often not reported because it's so intimate in nature mm-hmm. the you know the the shame and the humiliation of a man having to go to a police or an you know an embassy and pull out his scrotum and show what has happened to him is yeah. probably very unlikely mm. So yeah. I was like, dang, for him to even report that, what they're doing to him, it requires him to undress. <clears throat> it's an interesting, it's very intimate. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. So he's on the- <laughs> You can tell this was your favorite part of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's crazy. So yeah, that's that. So Marielle and Dennis together again. And it's back to work, back to business. Back to work, back to work. Yep. So he said they only he only rested for like four days. Dennis is like, no, I got to go to Mozart and do the potion thing. So let's go. And you can see him struggling though because he's still feeling it. And uh, yeah, but now he's with Mozart, and they go through the whole process of making the powder, which takes a long time. And, I'm impressed uh, they actually a share a lot of what the ingredients mm. really are, which I think surprised yeah. me. Yeah. And, uh, One's like, a puffer fish, so that's all I got. <laughs> uh, they also got a poison sea toad, and I don't remember the exact phrasing, but basically a buttload of herbs and minerals woven together with magic. Three days and nights. Mm. <laughs> uh, sorry, listeners, I can't give you the full recipe, so you can't, can't go out and make zombies. right, for your health mm. and safety. Yeah, yeah, that's why. It is, what are they called? Is it a tetrodoxin or a tetrodo, tetrodoxin? Yes. Or- yes. Or- yeah. But it will shut down, you know, your muscular functions and like your central nervous system and stuff. So that puffer fish is real mm. thing. And toads, the dart toads and little toadstools, mushrooms and fungus, all sorts of cool things got put into that Haitian voodoo potion. And it really did turn you into the zombie and that it shuts your body, your breathing and your activity down. But then you come to in, you know, 36 hours or so, if they got the dosage right. Mm. Good God. Scary. Yeah. Uh, so we got a lot of narration. here. He's going through the whole process. Um, he said the uh, ritual or making the potion lasts three days, three days and nights. And then Mozart is incredibly skilled, even though he's joking all the time, which I like. Correct. You gave any Harvard PhD uh, medicine doctor a run for his money. I like that. I like giving respect to Mozart. Yeah. Yeah. So they go through the whole thing and Dennis is part of it. They do like something with the body, like Dennis has to squeeze the body's head. Yeah, so crazy. part of part of what they need in the potion is uh, bone powder. Mm. So they open up the casket again with the corpse bride, and he has to crush her skull. Crazy. Oh, but there's one more step. Yeah, he has to be has to be buried for another 24 hours. Was it? Yeah. Uh, or 48 hours with yeah, the corpse. With the corpse. With. Cool. 
So they're waiting. And Dennis is all tired. <laughs> he's like, oof. Oh, my God. And Mozart comes up to him. He's like, uh, so what, uh, what, what, uh, what do you want the potion? You know, what did uh, Darzin do to you? He's like, oh, you know. He's like, yeah, I know. And he's like, um, no, I don't need it for anybody. He want, Dennis wants to use it for good to help people who are sick. And uh, Mozart's like, oh, that's cool. He's like, oh, my stuff can do that? That's awesome. <laughs> <He's> actually, <laughs> that's, can, that's cool. And Dennis's like, yeah, I can be all over the world. And Mozart's like, oh, shit. I should have charged you more than $1,000. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so my name all over the world, they, people can know how I do my stuff. That's cool. So I like that Mozart's cool with it. He's like, he can be famous for it. Mm. He's, he's cool. He's a cool guy. Even Dennis starts smiling for once in this one. He's like, oh, that's, yeah, that's cool. They're bonding. Bonding. Friendship. Friendship. That could have gone badly. Yeah. This is a wild way to become friends with somebody, but hey, it worked. <laughs> right. Cut to uh, Mariel bathing Dennis or brushing his hair. I don't know what he's doing. Very but yeah, that's scene. cool. Very intimate. And uh, Dennis is sleeping. And again, what the visions? Oh, my goodness. Dreams. Dreams. It's like the halfway visions, world. Dreams. You're not alive. You're not dead. You're dreaming. And who is it again? Oh, my God. His, girl, his real girlfriend comes up again. It's uh, in a flaming or a <laughs> burning a boat. Girlfriend. Yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> a boat on fire. Uh, see, uh, the bride comes up again. It comes up to it, and then uh, his whole reality starts changing. His building comes to the door. Uh, he sees the leopard again, jaguar leopard. Yeah. He comes to the door, sees through it, sees Darjan, and his whole place turns into like a coffin. Very trippy visuals. I like it a lot. Mm. I like the way this was done. And you see like uh, dirt being thrown on him, and the camera moves, and oh, it's, he's buried, buried. Coffin. And blood comes up from the bottom of the coffin. Uh, he's drowning in blood. Uh, so, like, so many scenes. Up. Wes Craven, <laughs> calm down. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to scare everybody in the movie theater. Do them all. Spiders, worms, <laughs> dirt, blood, drowning, <laughs> everything. everything. All of it. Everything. everything. Something for everyone. Flaming bride yeah. corpses. <laughs> all of it. Oh, man. Snake tongues. <laughs> Jackwires. <laughs> <laughs> yeah literally shove everything in there um and then dennis wakes up and he's got a dead body next to him yeah. uh, with the head cut off <laughs> and the police barge in first they barge in from the inside out now they're barging in yeah. outside in. and they take pictures because they need to have something on them finally evidence <laughs> <laughs> yeah man we got you now I got you now. Uh, and they are taken to, again, not even really uh, like police, but it could have put him in jail. But instead, they take him to see like something. Oh, yeah, all the, he keeps the souls, Darjan does. And again, he gives a warning. Just get the fuck out of here, man. Dude, just... Jesus fucking Christ. Get out of here, Dr. Allen. And just to be clear, like this corpse mm. is of Christoph's sister. That's who they use oh, man. to to pin this murder on him. Which Jesus. is, I mean, it's dark anyway. But 
I don't yeah. know. It's it's so much darker that this is the sister of somebody that we know yeah. in this movie who who's got yeah. it rough already. He's a fucking yeah. zombie, and now his sister's <laughs> murdered. Jesus. Yeah, and he's got to dig her up to make it all look okay, or else yeah. we kill you again. <laughs> Jesus. Dang. Don't forget, uh, Aaron. You're going here in the spring. Or the fall. Oh, Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> um, he keeps so. I just mm-hmm. want to interject here real quick. So, Aaron, a few months back, actually went to uh, Iceland. What? And this was this was around the time that we watched uh, Cabin Fever. Oh my gosh! Which is what inspired Cabin Fever. Uh, <sighs> The inspiration for Cabin Fever was uh, Eli Roth's trip to Iceland and getting a skin infection that caused that his flesh to fall off. Seemed... And Aaron had the audacity to go to the same country <laughs> what are you doing, around Aaron? the same time of that recording. And here we go again. I know. <laughs> that scene, guys, that horror movie would have been on my list, too, if I thought, you know, if somebody were asking me the most like sexually inappropriate scenes that have stuck <laughs> with me, Cabin Fever has got one. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. That's oh, right. Absolutely. Oh. Anyway. So, I think what you're saying, Lindsay, is we need to start doing yes. like horror films filmed in Hawaii. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm Should just wondering, what are you seeking, Aaron? What is. <laughs> Why why are these parallels with these right. horror movies in your life? What is going on? I don't know. But I was attacked by the face eating face eating flesh eating face eating bug, so yeah. That was very true. Cabin fever. Okay, sorry. Um Ugh. You're seeking a whole different kind of thrill, aren't you? Yeah. I'm on to you. That would be a uh, really cool serial killer uh concept though, just so that we're all clear. Well, I go into places. Like covering it on a podcast about horror movies and having some general interest in it and then just having to go there and kill somebody so that you could... Oh, that's true. I like like where this is going. Yeah, that'd be kind of fun. That'd be what? Anyway. Process killer? (laughs) Yeah. Instead of Suspect Zero, it's like Suspect Vacation. And then we're all talking in a Netflix documentary years later. Right. Like, and we I never no saw idea that when we were talking about Haiti, we'd go and kill all those people in Haiti. Oh my. Anyway, sorry, Aaron. We're Aaron. just not, you know. We uh-huh. had no idea. Where were the clues? I get it quite often. We're on to you. <laughs> anyway. I've been accused of going to the, you know, the in, like in Hostile, where they did oh, yeah. Yeah. Hostile. 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 Yeah. Oh, we say Hostile. Hostile. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a hostile environment, so it works. Yeah, pretty much. Oh, what a tangent! Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they pretty much they warn him again. Darjan warns him, like, "I'll be in your fucking nightmares." Pretty much, he's like, "I'll be in your night." You know, I know more. what's going on more. <laughs> like, I sent all those nightmares to you, boy. Can you get less sleep than you already are? Yeah, and they put him on a plane at gunpoint, which is a crazy thing to happen. Like, and imagine if, and literally, and you know, he looks out the window and then he sees the bad guy there. And Mozart pops up because he's like, "I'm gonna get that fucking." Money. He's like, "You <laughs> told me he was gonna sell millions of my shit." Yeah, yeah. He's like, 
where's my money? And and, and Dennis is like, oh, bro, they took it. And he just see me. He's like, at me, man, I ain't got no money. <laughs> and Mozart, still being a cool guy, still gives him the stuff. He's like, take it and make it famous, please. Uh, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> and, you know, it's good to... Make it famous. Help the people. Oh, and this is a cute moment yeah, yeah. too. Like mm-hmm. Dennis promises to tell everybody all about him and that he will tell them that he is a man to be trusted. And he smiles. Mm-hmm. It's really mm-hmm. cute. Yeah, it's cool. Like like they're true BFFs. And then he takes his watch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> right. And then he drops him. That's cool. True friends. I'm going to be cute, bro. That's cool. Give me that watch. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, at this point, <laughs> it's a good gesture. And anyway, and we see uh, 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 Mozart works at the airport, which is cool. It's a cool excuse to why he was there. It's one of the people there. Cut to Boston. Jesus Christ. Boston. <laughs> a lot of time in Haiti. Now we're in Boston. Um, they're checking out the powder. What, what did I see? Is there anything special? Well, Dennis and the... The analyst, I guess, they're analyzing the results of the powder on baboons. Mm-hmm. And they determine that the heart rate and respiration are unaffected. And they seem to be fully aware of what's going on. No. Just mm-hmm. like just like Christophe, the man that we see in the beginning of the movie when he realizes that he's being buried alive. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it works for its purposes. Well, I mean, it doesn't really make for a good uh, anesthetic, Product. which is what they yeah. were, which is what they yeah. were talking about using it for originally. Yeah. So it's like, but it does something. And uh, yeah, yeah. And then they go to a little house party thing for fancy people, <laughs> and uh, drinking wine, and they're just talking about the product talking about a name for it and he's like we well, can't call it zombinoid or whatever zomboid <laughs> can't call it zombie poison like, mm. all right whatever dude we're about to make a billion dollars on this and dennis is like i got a bad feeling he goes to a room he's like a bad feeling i need to go back to haiti which is literally not the you know, like the worst idea ever they told you not to and held you at gunpoint and put a hole in your scrotum but you're like i'm feeling there's a hole in my body it only can be filled by haiti <laughs> oh my god this, this guy this Alec like, Baldwin ah. character it's like, it's like you're back in a place where you should feel safe but he's like I got a bad feeling I'm just I don't know what it is well, I gotta go back it's interesting because yeah. he says he's worried about Marielle but mm-hmm. they've already established that they're not going to do anything to Marielle yeah allegedly if he doesn't come back as long as you stay out of here she's fine yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, no. like, I'm so worried about her. I'm going to go back. Kind of a white knight. Oh my. <laughs> wow. Like, literally. <laughs> I well, love it. So they're at a dinner party. Fancy dinner party. Oh my party. god. Oh my god. Yes. I love yeah. this scene. Yes, please. <laughs> and, uh, dinner party. yeah. Dennis is just fidgeting around. He is obviously not being attentive to what's going on and he's looking around and he starts seeing stuff around him he starts seeing hands skeleton hands on his body caressing him non-sensually and sees one and his uh soup oh it was a piece soup God. coming out of a soup 
It's the soup already looks gross enough. Right. <laughs> Ugh, I need a hand coming out of it. No. And you're like, are you good? And he's like, I guess. <laughs> I guess right as good as there? I can be. Okay. This is his new normal, I guess. <laughs> he's like, I got some stomach problems. So. Okay. And then Bethany? Deborah. <laughs> okay. That Close. was a guess and I guessed wrong. <laughs> you were guessing. <laughs> Deborah? Yes, adding. <laughs> Because uh, I did not catch your name. Wow. <laughs> Deborah. I was close. You're wild, Miguel. <laughs> yes, I'm sorry. That was the worst one. Uh, so she makes goes for a toast. And... Oh, this was so cool. This was so and cool. And she starts looking not normal. <laughs> she starts... Uh, no goes thanks. to Goes to drink the glass, but instead of drinking it, she... Does a David, yeah, she does a <laughs> she does a she does a David Blaine and conches into glass, chomps on it. And this is the second scene of people biting mm-hmm. on glass. They did oh, that in the beginning in the dance scene when the possession and mm-hmm. that biting of glass and poking yourself with needles to prove that you're not mm-hmm. feeling anything. It's cool that they bring it back to the dinner party. Yeah. Yeah. It's a cool note, Sarah. Well, I didn't think about that till just now. I mean, really, the first yeah. dinner party is they were is when he was introduced to possession at that point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and now Deborah is being possessed, and she lunges at Dennis oh. with the knife. <laughs> Goes to stab him. She's like, "You're going oh. to die!" In a voice, "You've oh, been boy. warned. You're going to die," but in a more gravelly man's voice. Yeah, right. And he's like, "What does that mean? Does that mean I'm going to die?" <laughs> what are you trying to tell me <laughs> these people are saying things to me I don't get it uh, okay. stop with the metaphors and tell me outright <laughs> you're gonna die I'm man. gonna die I'm the bush. she said I was gonna die what do you think it means she goes to slash him and he gets pushed a strong push he gets pushed to the wall and she stabs the table and she starts shaking around being possessed and stuff and one of the guys puts a wallet in her mouth well that's something that you do with people having seizures i think Mm -hmm. so that they don't bite on their tongue no right yeah i did not know that that way they don't choke on their blood or if we're torturing on their tongue i just thought that was it's symbolic (laughs) putting a wallet in (laughs) no it's a thing Money. <laughs> there you More go. Money. That's uh, that's how the rich people fix things. Here's yeah. my wallet. Here's my wallet. Back your mouth. That'll fix it. Fix everything with money. <laughs> These people. All right. Cut to Dennis going back to Haiti. You see, immediately playing touching down, and he gets stopped at the airport immediately by the police. What did you think was going to happen, bro? Come on, man. And he starts screaming. Obviously. And they take him. Start screaming. Oh, my God. U.S. citizen. I think that makes it worse. (laughs) I'm an American citizen. I got rights. Yeah, that's never a good good look when you're in another country. Oh, no. It'd be better to go, I'm Canadian. Oh, my God. Oh, shit. Just lay him down. (laughs) And he is taken to Lucian. And Lucian's doing stuff to his body, and they talk for a bit. I forgot what the, what did they say. Well, I think Lucian intercepts him. I think he manages to. Yeah. Oh, okay. Because he's a kind of a good guy. He's like, 
halfway good guy. He snatches him away from the situation and Mm -hmm. he puts Dennis on a table Mm -hmm. and puts a protective ointment on him. Mozart captured too. Yeah, Mozart's captured too. Yeah. And Lucian starts putting blood on Dennis' body. Looks like blood. Yeah. Might be paint, but you never know. Protection (sighs) thing. You put symbols on Dennis that look like crosses. Sigils. Symbols. Sigils, yes. Uh, And Lucian talking. Talking about a coup. You better not talk too loud about that. Yeah, but you didn't oh, say what man. happened to Mozart. Yeah, happening at the same time. Yes, Mozart is on his knees, uh, and he, he looks uh, like he's about to get his head cut off. Looks like he's about to die. Yeah, he's looking about to die. Because hey! uh, he's our friend he, now too. Yeah, and <laughs> sadly he does. he does. Sadly, he does. Mozart gets his head cut off, which Ruby. is sad. And they get his blood too. Yeah. Well, he's gonna be the next zombie. It's okay. Uh, I don't know if you can have a zombie with his head cut off. Yeah. Darjan is doing a ri- uh, kind of a ritual thing with Mozart's blood. He drinks it. He starts drinking it. And as soon as he does, Lucien is, has an attack on the attack. Uh, blood starts coming out of his mouth. Not also blood, also something else. Which oh, is yeah. uh, Scorpion. Scorpion. Scorpion comes out of Lucien's mouth. It's crazy. Yeah. I like that he is saying... And you, you quoted this earlier, Sarah, but Lucian tells Dennis, whatever happens, death is not the end. Right. Death and that's when he starts choking and falls to the ground, bleeding from mm. the mouth. And yeah. then a scorpion crawls out. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of stuff. A lot of, it's pretty intense. And uh, as soon as that happens, Dennis goes, uh, like, oh, no. And somebody comes up and blows powder into his face, which is not good. You know what oh, that is? Uh, this day's getting oh, worse no. and worse. Literally, just should not come to Haiti, right. bro. Just <laughs> Too bad it wasn't Aaron. a drunk patty where he just starts dancing around. <laughs> yeah. And so Dennis is stumbling around. You got this crazy white guy with blood on him asking for help, which is obviously nobody's going to get him. Did anybody else get a feeling that they didn't tell anybody what was going on and they just let Bill Pullman walk around like an idiot? Yes. Yes, I did. Where I was like, there's no way that these are all extras. They literally just went to Haiti and were like, we're filming. <laughs> they got this crazy guy walking around with blood on him. Just follow, <laughs> just film, just go. And it's authentic too. Yeah. Because yeah. it feels Some of those were like legit scared, like, get away, get away. Yeah. And no one helped him, which is exactly what would happen. Yeah. So he, he stumbles, he collapses. Well, it's interesting that they yell out that he's a zombie. So it's like, this is a thing that is pretty well known. Like anybody could be a zombie. Yeah. Yeah. Especially this Uh, white guy. Especially. (laughs) Uh, And he is uh, passed out. But uh, people are looking over him, not helping at all. And he's like, oh, please help me. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. I'm not dead. And, you know, he passed out. He also said, don't let him bury me. Mm. Don't let him bury me. Right. Oh man! And they, well, we won't say. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he will wake up at a hospital. Oh. And see the light. They see two white people. Oh. White people. Uh, a doctor and nurse uh, or nun. <laughs> she looked like a nun, and he's like, he's like, checking over him, 
and then Darjan comes in and he's like, oh, he's fucker's dead. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, oh, you don't have to worry. I'll take care of it. Yeah, he's dead. That's not a good look. It's not. And he's like, oh, no, 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 you're not dead. You're something much, much worse. And he puts a little something neck. Oh, they take his necklace or put a little neck? I don't know. Rosary. He takes it. And yeah. Rosary, yeah. And cut to, uh, fuck, I can't want to think Bill Pullman. Dennis <laughs> on the <laughs> being buried. He just has that face. Yep. Has that Bill Pullman face. face. <laughs> and he's so. being buried. He's being buried. So don't Uh-oh. bury me. They bury him. Bury him. And Mariel's there watching over this. And she's Smiling. like, oh, no, that's not good. They, they left his and eyes I, open, too. That's fucked up. Yeah. So he can see everything. That's fucked up. She never does and, anything. She's always just there. It's very frustrating. Uh, <laughs> well, you know. And they bury him with the, uh, not just by himself, with the spider. Oh, no. Tarantula. A big old one, yeah. too. A friend. Juicy. Again, Wes Craven's like, what if we? What are the top ten fears? Clowns and spiders <laughs> we've not put in this movie yet. Oh, wait, we kind of had a clown person in the front. Okay, spider. Throw it in there. Being buried alive is freaky enough, and then you get a tarantula for company. Yeah, you feel something <laughs> moving over your body that Ooh. if you make any big sudden moves that it might shed on you and what do you do you can't move to get away you just no, have to you just have to let it crawl yeah, he's like with walking it. all over its face and his face i guess you could eat it I People, if, yeah and i was gonna say um, i wonder yeah you could eat it. people eat tarantulas so if you had to like survive in a coffin with yep. sustenance there's a little bit but when would you suffocate these are the questions uh, i ask myself how long would it take oh, you to suffocate <sighs> maybe a week no. Oh man. We need to know these I would have thought a couple of days, but so yeah, you cut to black and we just hear Dennis screaming. Ah. 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 He's like, get me out of here. And then we hear some digging. And we see hands digging. Who could it be? Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's Christoph. It's not the girlfriend. Okay. It's the no. friend. Uh-uh. Why would it be yeah. the girlfriend? Why would she oh, she never done anything in this movie. <laughs> She's back at home making tea. <laughs> It's chilling. <laughs> no, it's Kristoff because he always hangs out in the graveyard. That's pretty cool. And he's saving his friend. He's saving this guy he talked to once. And yeah, so Kristoff takes him out of there with his bare hands, not even with the shovel. That's a friend. Yeah, that's a friend yeah. with his bare hands. He got you. Too bad it wasn't the corpse friend and, and to him up. That would have been wild. <laughs> I mean, I mean they are awesome. both zombies at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. They're zombie friends. Yeah, zombie <laughs> friends. <laughs> Find him on zombie Facebook. So he's got uh, that joke didn't land. All right. Uh, <laughs> so uh, Dennis is all pale. Yeah. And uh, we see a bunch of people doing rituals, all in red. Marielle, what's her name? Yeah, Mary. Mary. Meryl. Okay. Yep. She's there. See on the news, riots, or, um, you know, people. See Dennis stumbling around again. Not people, no paying attention to him. Just don't pay attention to this zombie man. Yeah. Is there Marielle taken to uh, Darjan with a machete to her neck? Uh oh. Taking her hostage. Taking her hostage. Dennis, you're going to have to be in the night again. Shining armor coming in. Dennis still stumbling. (laughs) They're about to cut her head off. 
buddy, stop. You're about kidding. to cut her hair. Just kidding, JK. It's just a prank. Bro. <laughs> just kidding. They stop because people are coming up to the station. The police. Oh, the revolt yeah. is uh, moving Revolting. towards the police yeah. station. Yeah. So they're coming in there. So they have to stop the beheading for a second. And Darjan slaps her. <laughs> Fuck. Knocks her out. And yeah, police. People versus police. Now it's got, now it's a political movie. Yep. <laughs> Forget all the voodoo stuff. Now we're for real. <laughs> no, fuck. That was a quick turn. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Dennis is stumbling around the station too with everybody. And just stumbling through the hallways. Then fucking explosion happens out of nowhere. Gets knocked out. Kaboom. Yeah. And Darjan has Dennis's soul in a bottle. He's like, your soul is mine. Like Mortal Kombat. Darjan's um, looking bad, too. He's, yeah, he's looking rough. He's yeah. aged a thousand years. He's gray hair and really, you know, really messed up. So Dennis goes into a room and stumbles up into a room and he's being <laughs> no, he's getting crazy a bit he's being, <laughs> he's getting into some stuff it's like okay mm-hmm. uh, he's being a chair starts moving poltergeist stuff yeah it's the same chair that he was tortured yeah. in before yeah so then you wonder is he dreaming is he dead mm. is this happening mm. or is it like sort of simultaneous where you're you are conscious, but your subconscious is bleeding in too. Yeah. yeah. Is he possessed? So we get, oh, yeah. <laughs> All of the above. It, Very yeah, ambiguous. It's funny how the door walks out into the hall and then walks back into the room and slams at the door. <laughs> yeah, he gets chased around by a chair. That's where I'm getting it. Wes Craven's like, the... okay, people are scared of chairs. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to make a scene <laughs> where you're chased by a chair. It happens. <laughs> Um, and the GI yeah, chair locks him out of the place. <laughs> chair gives some attitude yeah. too. He's like, "Don't come back here." I warned you. <laughs> you want me to torture you some more? Right. <laughs> so he hears Marielle. Right, he hears her. He's like, "Oh, Dennis, come save me! I'm here, trapped uh, in this place." And uh, he goes to the door where Marielle is, apparently. And uh, it's not Mariel. He opens it. It's not Mariel. It's Lucian. Fucking Lucian. Holy shit. But we saw him die before. What yeah, is what the hell? It's, he's not what? dead. No one's ever really dead in this movie ever. Oh, that's true. Sorry. Mm. I forgot. That's the. That's true. Le motif. But uh, Lucian has a new trick up his sleeve hmm. he's like ah oh, you son of a bitch Dennis <laughs> he grabs his head and takes it off oh! takes it right off takes it right like, off right off like the thing it does look like the thing special effects like mm-hmm. kind of like the thing that was pretty cool that was good effects and so Dennis is in another room uh, his house of horrors a bunch of skeleton hands coming out of doors and everything trying to grab at him which was cool just you hate you hate when that happens just hands grabbing at you that wasn't scary until i became a parent and now it's scary (laughs) yeah (laughs) (laughs) all right hands grabbing maybe that's where i got it from too yeah (laughs) mine 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 oh Oh my god 
So Dennis walks into another room and it's anti-gravity or upside down room. He falls upwards or upside down, <laughs> which is a crazy way. You sneaky thing. <laughs> <laughs> so Dennis falls and he goes into another room. Oh my God. This is the worst. This, this is, is where the big ass building. The last one. Big ass building. So he falls down the stairs. And he has messed up. It's bad, bad day for Dennis. As soon as he stepped into Haiti, it's been nonstop. <laughs> he goes into a room and he gets fucking pounced on. And Darjit like flew across the room too. It wasn't just like it just he jumped on him, right? And he like flew like 20 feet. Yep. He, he flew from across the room, across the camera, as far as he could. And he attacks boss him. Fight. Yeah, it was literally a boss fight. He grabs them, he throws them across the room. And he's like, ah, oh, Dennis throws him into the wall and he burned him or was there was some smoke mm-hmm. and I forgot what he did. He burned him. Ah, mm-hmm. yeah. oh, Jesus. It's a lot. And Marielle does something, even though she's handcuffed, she gets up and throws something on the ground. Was, yeah. was it one of the yeah, soul she jars? Smashes one of the soul I think jars. it was a soul. And this was the soul. Yeah. I think it was the one she smashed was Dennis's because his spirit animal came back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they, they, I think it's uh, Lucian's as well. This is cool here. I like it. So uh, she smashes the jar and uh, Dennis's spirit animal like materializes in front of him. That was cool. Mm -hmm. You see a jaguar roar. at Dar's in the front of him. That's a very good Meow. Meow. So Um, much. So much. (laughs) And so now Dennis has the power up. Now he is his final form. Like a Super Saiyan. He's powering up. And Dennis goes and throws uh, Darjan into some jars, which unleashes even more souls. And then Dennis is like, ah, here we go. And then smashes every jar he sees, all of them. And that's how that happens. All right. And and, uh, that happens. And then stuff. Those poor unfortunate souls. Yep. And all the, the, the all the small things get into Darjan and uh, blow him up. He blows up. He's on fire now. He gets into spontaneous combustion, like, which is a real thing. It is. It's crazy. That is. Yeah. It is. It's crazy. Uh, so he's on fire. <laughs> and he collapses on a bunch of skulls in a boat. Wes Craven's like, we're going him. all out. Fire, spontaneous human combustion, skulls, chairs, yeah. all of it. Broken glass. <laughs> If people yes. weren't naked, I think I was I on mean, fire for a long time. That was pretty good. That poor man. He was. <laughs> and so there that. So they go into another room, and then Dennis sees the chair, the chair, the, the scrotum chair. chair. The scrotum <laughs> chair. I hope they called it that at the auction after the movie. And now for the scrotum chair. Fifty dollars. And uh, he goes to, he's going to want to smash it. He doesn't want to look at it. He doesn't want it to be in one piece. Uh, he goes for a hammer and then he sees uh, the skeleton woman, the a skeleton bride, uh, pointing at a nail thing. She's like, oh, remember that? Do what he did to you. Yeah. She says, yeah. It's pretty much a companion. It's, it's kind of cute. Part of the party. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like I keep infantilizing what's going on in this movie. Like, oh, they're zombie BFFs. Oh, this is his new zombie they're wife. Like, now. <laughs> and and he, he goes to that. And then Darjan, burnt Darjan, comes out of the wall. He mm-hmm. crashes through the wall. 
gets at him. They fight for a while. And Dennis uh, <laughs> starts and punches the shit out of Dennis. And Dennis punches him back. And he gets the upper hand. And uh, the chair gets back to life. And slides up behind uh, <laughs> uh, Darzan. And he uh, gets in there. And the chair traps him in there. The chair is like, I got you, bro. Yeah, I was yeah. going to say. So the chair is his friend, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Well, that chair is like, I know what's happened to you. And it happened to me, too. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they were in that yeah. together. They were. Yeah. No one wants to have someone else's scrotum nailed to them. Yeah, you can't oh, get any closer than that. One. Nope. <laughs> that chair said, not anymore. I won't be abused like this anymore. I'm meant to be a chair. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And Dennis with his uh, brand new uh, telekinetic powers uh, rings a nail, the nail, spins it a bit and nails it down ha. to Darjan. You know where. Right there. Right there. In the chair. <laughs> right between the pair and the chair right there. Oh my oh God. My God. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Oh, no. That's horrible. And they sank into the ground. And sank into the ground, leaving no evidence behind. But is he dead? No. Nope. He's not. Maybe he is, but he's in the dirt, trapped to a chair. Mm-hmm. And that's that. So they go outside, and all people are celebrating because I guess they... Uh, they overthrew... In the government. Yeah. When they go outside, I saw something yeah. that cracked me up. There's a dude walking mm-hmm. by, like, holding... Uh, Coca-Cola, like he's selling Coca-Cola. He's, he's like a vendor. Oh, yeah. He just walks by the screen. Mm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Celebrate yeah. with a Coca-Cola. And it's nobody is a paid extra. Everybody seriously is a real person. Like, oh. <laughs> he's like, I'm going to make some money. I got like a dollar, you know. Yeah, I make money. And we get a freeze frame and red letters that say the zombie powder and its active ingredient tetrotoxin is currently under intensive scientific study both in Europe and the United States. To this date, the process by which it works remains a mystery. But it's not. But it's not. It's not anymore. Because we know what it does. Yep. Yeah. Thanks you. Thanks to Dennis. He sacrificed his scrotum for us. We know it's real. That was the serpent and the rainbow <laughs> from 19... 19- Based on a book. Yeah, by Wade Davis. And real events. Pufferfish are real. <laughs> Pufferfish are real. Yeah. Haiti is a real country we can visit. That is true. People can Brudo. get nailed down by their scrotums. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yes. yes. That's very real. It's all real. Yeah. You can be buried in a box. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Alive, yes. That can happen. That is the thing that could occur. <laughs> it's kind of stretching. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it depends what you mean by real. Uh, get, you know, kissed by a snake, I guess. All right, enough of that. That's good. <laughs> all right. Enough of that. For to... anybody who didn't want to watch the whole movie and you just want the review. <laughs> yeah, skip to the review. I guess we'll let uh, Miguel, you can go, then Lindsay, then me, and then Sarah. The best for less. All right. Uh, yeah, I thought it was cool. <laughs> Imagine. <laughs> no, uh, it was the first time. One, uh, all right. First time watching it. Didn't didn't know what to expect. I like Bill Pullman. He's got a face. I recognized him instantly. He's all that. He's got that Bill Pullman face. That's cool. I like that. Uh, based on true story, but you know, I kind of I'm gonna have to research exactly what they mean by true story because uh, you know. But the effects were cool. All the special effects were cool. I like the acting. It's kind of messed up. 
obviously the one scene that messes you know the most memorable scene is the torture scene which yes for good reason kind of ends kind of weird i'm gonna say kind of ends in like a fight for the which you in a physical fight instead of you know it deals a lot with souls and magic and voodoo and stuff and it kind of ends with people punching each other and so i don't know that's kind of kind of thinking of that you could have done a more spiritual like fighting i guess which kind of is too because it has souls in the ending but you know imagine two souls fighting each other that was gonna be kind of cool but i'll give it uh it's pretty good and strong 7.5 light 8 7 out of mm, yeah very specific (laughs) strong 7 light 8 out of nails non-specific <laughs> nails do whatever you want nope just, just non-specific. non-specific do whatever you want with them these are non-specific yeah. nails non-specific nails you can do whatever you want nail them wherever you want to nail build them. a nice birdhouse with them yeah not scrotums mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that's that who's ne- who's next i am next mm-hmm so, just like Miguel, this was my first time watching this. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what to expect at all. At all. But I was fascinated by how much depth there was to it. I'm also intrigued by the fact that it's uh, inspired by true events. And that's also something that I'm interested in looking more into. But it feels like there could be something there, especially mm-hmm. with the idea of taking a Haitian medicinal thing and then bringing it to the U.S. to be sold by pharmaceutical company. That feels very real. There were a lot of cool special effects in it, like very cool practical effects. I think that was my favorite part, honestly. That corpse bride, that just really... (laughs) I can't get over that. Deals with a lot of really real fears, being buried alive. Uh, They just... They just bring out all of the fears for you to experience. I would give this 7 out of 10 Corpse Brides. Oh, okay. okay. 7 out of 10. So I really like to say that. Really enjoyed having Sarah on the show with us and giving us a little different perspective than we've had from our last two guests. We've had one guest who was kind of like a Hollywood insider. He did a lot of work behind the scenes. And we had an actor. And so those were very awesome perspectives. But I I think the perspective that you brought from your, Mm. you know, background and knowledge and and what you do, I mean, it was really exciting and and great to hear. And, you know, it was fresh. So I, I really appreciate you being on the show with us. Well, I appreciate it, guys. This was so much fun for me. And I think, you know, as far as like just listening to your review of that, Lindsay, and knowing that like this is about fear and the entertainment of fear and how to use people's fears, you know, against them. And Mm. that could be a visceral, scary, weird, um, traumatizing process. But horror Mm -hmm. movies let you explore it in a way that is meant to be maybe even healing Mm. or like Mm self-reflective. So I like to expose myself to horror movies, but I don't always get the opportunity. So I've really been thankful that you guys gave me this excuse to delve into one that was influential for me. 
and to hear your guys' perspectives of it because I know it's hard to laugh sometimes about like, you know, having your scrotum nailed and stuff. But, you know, there had to have been a reason and there's a boom guy and like Mike guys and all those people there and like, how are you and what are you conveying in that moment? And I don't know. I think it was, I think, I think we all did a good job going play by play. (laughs) It's a pretty rough movie. Yeah. Pretty crazy. So, like I said, I originally saw this movie in the theater when I was 17 years old. And it really, it really stuck with me, kind of like it did with you, Sarah. It, it, back then, it scared the shit out of me. Rewatching it, it you know, it wasn't as scary because I'm older now and I've seen, you know, way too many horror movies. But you know, the, the ideas that it brought forward, kind of like you know, we joked about it during the movie, but it's like almost every fear you can think of is, you know, kind of represented in this movie. And it could be a lot packed in. I, I like the storyline, and you know, I highly recommend this movie. And I almost kind of forgot about it. I won't say I forgot about it, but it was like a movie I haven't thought about in a long time. So I would say watching it again and hanging out with you guys and talking and talking about it, I would put this in my top 10 horror movies now. And so mm, nice. I'm definitely going to give it an eight and a half One. zombie powders out of oh, 10. Well. <laughs> zombie powers. very good wow i feel bad that i maybe don't like this movie as much as i like <laughs> other good. movies like i yeah, yeah. i no, don't feel bad don't right feel like bad. you know what i mean when i say that i feel like this is a movie that you want to have it like a notch on your belt you want to say i watched this movie yes it's like event horizon it's another one of those Ooh, like yeah. it's very scary it, mm. it gives you things that you want to just elude to and be like, oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but I don't know if I want to like sit down and watch it once a year to, you know, entertain myself. Yes. I'm so critical when watching movies. I'm definitely a Virgo with OCD where I'm like, man, their their mouths are off. Man, they're not using music <laughs> here. Like, dang, the Coca-Cola guy, like noticing all those <laughs> movie errors. I feel like this is a movie that is so raw that you can get lost in a lot of those errors. And so you have to sit back and just kind of watch it for what it is. And when when I let myself do that, I really like everything that Wes Craven's trying to do because, you know, death and fear is unique. And so how can it just be one thing? Like, how are you showing that? And I like it that the corpse bride kind of grows on you. And I do like it that that it is based on real things and that that those powders and those potions and those rituals and those sigils mm. are all real. Like that's happening somewhere in some dark corner of the earth right now. Mm. And I like that. So for that reason, I probably am going to give this movie. Ooh. I'm going to give it a seven too. I'm going to give it a seven telepathic flying snake tongues. <laughs> Seven Hell yeah. tongues. and uh, nice. yeah, and uh, not watch it again for a few few more years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> awesome, yeah, uh, so that's pretty good. Yeah. So yeah, it, if you haven't seen the movie, you probably should have had before you listen to us. But yeah, we probably spoiled a little yeah. bit. People die <laughs> and they come they back. Know spoilers, yeah. But uh, we do love our audience in. We love having guests like you on, and I'm so happy we could uh, make it happen. And you are welcome back 
Anytime. Absolutely. Yeah. This was fun. And, you know, I I was a little nervous at first thinking like, man, are we going to be able to talk for that long and like be able to actually keep afloat here? (laughs) But we did. And I feel like you guys share the microphone really well. And I did troll you a bit before coming on the show and listen to a few episodes. (laughs) And I love the format. I love that you are walking people through scene by scene because, you know, the vision board is never talked about the movies just enjoyed and then it's over so to do the before and after i think is a fun process for people and so it was an honor to be on the show and in the future i'm thinking i'm already like i want to do the cell i want to do flatliners i want to do like you know my all-time well i don't want to say all-time but one of my favorite horror movies is a movie called stroker like you might think inappropriate but like stroker (laughs) not brahm strokers but it's just called Stroker and it's an interesting, weird psychological thriller. And I mean, there's just so many cool movies I think would be fun to talk with you guys. So I'm excited to tune in. Is it weekly? You guys do this every week? Yeah. We do it every week. Wow. Okay. Every Monday at noon, we drop a new episode. That's exciting. So yeah. Yes. I can do it. And before we let you go, if there's anything you got going on or you want to let us know about or anything you got plug and promote yeah the, the shameless plug well you know you can find me on paranormalsarah.com and when you go there you know i try and branch from there i do portrait photography for fun and so i whenever i'm traveling around for research and i'm i'm traveling around for writing or or work i usually do have my camera on me and i love to take pictures of people it's part of that capturing their soul kind of a thing or shooting people could be the forensic thing too <laughs> but um <laughs> but monday through friday you know i'm I'm usually working with violent sex offenders and you probably don't want to see me on the job. If you do, that might be a bad thing. But if you are interested in like public speaking or writing and the parapsychology and just kind of the weird, strange, unusual and and dark, those are all the areas that I'm usually playing in when I get the chance. And so whether it's doing fun podcasts like this or just, you know, fun adventures around the world to scary places. I share it all on my social media and I love to meet with people privately to do, you know, discussions on, on paranormal and parapsychological research. And I'm also looking for someone to work on a phone app with me on some really military psychological type stuff. So just find me online if I'm your fancy and we'll figure something out. Awesome. (laughs) Very cool. All right. So just like always, you can contact us at stories to dismember at gmail.com. Drop in on our TikTok at stories to dismember. We also have a Facebook. Just search stories to dismember. And Sarah has a Facebook mm-hmm. as well. I'm, I follow her and she posts a lot of awesome things on there. I follow, I'm going right now. I'm finding you guys <laughs> online. <laughs> and once again, so, dismembered stories and paranormal Sarah. There we go. There go. And once again, it was really awesome having mm-hmm. you on the show. Yeah. Well, I liked it, man. This was a good Sunday for me. In my mind, I was like, what am I doing today for Sunday? I was like, no, wait, I'm talking zombies today. And so it was a really, really, really fun discussion. And I'm going to share it with all the people that I know that I know are interested in this stuff. And so if you guys ever need any, you know, fun, wild, paranormal stuff, you know where to find me too. Awesome. So Awesome. Well, I hope we didn't keep you too long, Sarah, but it was so, so much fun talking to you. This was amazing. It was. I feel like this is just a really fun opportunity to to discuss something that, man, people don't talk about movies and break things down like this anymore. So I'm just really thankful you guys are doing this Thank platform and, awesome. doing, and doing this because there's, I, you know, it's a rare thing. It's just cool. 
So thank you again for having Aww. me be a part of it, guys. And I'll I'll see you on the flip side. All righty. Awesome. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you so much. We love you guys. Love you. Take care, brush your hair. Thank you for listening to the Stories to Dismember podcast. Please be sure to tell your friends, subscribe, and leave a rating. You can contact us at stories to dismember at gmail.com, and we'd love to hear from you. You can also follow us on TikTok at stories to dismember. The music for Stories to Dismember is provided by Wen Feather, and episodes are edited by Stratton Meyer. We can't wait to hang out with you next time. Bye-bye. Oh my gosh, guys, guess what I just learned? You're going to have to learn it too. That the average casket measures 84 by 28 by 23. So the total volume is 54 cubic inches or 886 liters. The internal volume, if given a few extra minutes of life, give or take your size, on average volume of the human body being 66 liters, this leaves 820 liters of air, one-fifth of which is oxygen. So if the person is trapped, consumes the average rate of 0.5 liters of oxygen per minute, it takes you five and a half hours before the oxygen in your coffin will be consumed and you will fall into a gentle coma. Oh my gosh. Five and a half hours. Oh, that's not very long. Mm. That is not. (laughs) I thought it was going to be a lot longer.